All right, we are back on the road to WrestleMania. This is the mania of WrestleMania 18 and 19. And I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And once again, Pat Mullen called away to do hero type things to save the day in the, uh, the five boroughs of New York City. And instead, we have from movies that don't suck and some that do, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Neil Blackwood. How do you do, sir? Good. I can't wait to talk some wrestling because I'm in WrestleMania mode right now. I don't know if you know this. I am literally like four days, five days from being down in Dallas, Texas for a whole week. So I'm excited to talk about some WrestleManias. My wife and I made a concerted effort this year to start making a new adult friends. You know, it was like, like after, especially after the pandemic, uh, we were like, hey, we need to, we need to meet people. We need to make make new friends. We need to kind of get out of this rut that we're in. And um, so lately, it's just like, you know, we're, we are meeting people, and we're trying to make meetups and dates and whatnot. And everyone's like, hey, can you meet the first week of April? No. No. I've, got WrestleMania, I've got WrestleMania that whole weekend. Leave me alone. Got Ring of Honor, NXT, WrestleMania, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you going down to? Are you coming down to Dallas? No, but I got like. But I'm live streaming all that stuff. All and of it. I, wow. I, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're doing a live stream. Me and Bill Yankovy from that wrestling show. This is this is all going to be out of date after this all passes. But who cares? Um, <laughs> me and Bill Yankovy of that wrestling show are going to be doing a, a live stream of Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, and then Christian of X-Lapsed and whatever other comic podcast he does, one of my podsmen, um, he and I are doing NXT Stand and Deliver, and then him and Bailey are supposed to be doing both nights of WrestleMania with me. Plus, uh, my, my other indie cider friend, Harry Broadhurst, we're doing a whole bunch of, they're not live streams, they're, we're going to do them as reviews, but we, I still got to watch this stuff. Uh, yeah, all that stuff from the GCW, the collective. Yes. So Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Bloodsport, Joey Janela's yeah, Spring I'm Break, all the Big Gay Brunch. Uh, oh, you I'm are Big Gay Brunch. Yeah. Are actually, you an uh, ally, sir? Are you an ally of the dude? Community? Yes, of course. Absolutely. And, um, not only me, but well, um, hang on, hang friend. on, hang on. Hooray for allies! Uh, not only me, but a friend of mine named Sandra. She's part of the Queen Street Posse from mm -hmm. Inside the Ropes. Her and her co-host, who's from England, will be going there as well. Oh, like sweet. we're meeting up like a group of people, uh, and also uh, a guy named Ray who runs Lucha Libre Wrestling here in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we'll, we'll be all meeting up there as well. So oh, yeah, cool. that is one of the events that I'm looking forward to. We we're doing like a lot of. We're trying to go to the GCW Collective one. Mm -hmm. uh, I already got tickets for, I have tickets for SmackDown, Hall of Fame, WrestleMania Night 1 and 2, Monday Night Raw for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know we're going to go to Wrestling Con at some time because there's a couple autographs I want to snag, like Rob Van Dam. I never met the guy. I'd mm -hmm. really love to meet him. That's awesome. Now, are you going with friends? Are you going with your wife? Or are you just going by yourself uh, meeting people? I my good friend Topher, mm -hmm. uh, he is actually studying to be a pro wrestler. He just called me last night, too. He had his first expedition match last mm -hmm. night. Uh, and he, so he was super excited about that. But uh, me and him uh, will be going down. And because how it worked out, because originally we were just going to go Saturday, Sunday, Monday. 
mm-hmm. Tuesday, and then we'll leave Tuesday. Now we figured that we're going to the whole week. So now we have three different places we're actually going to be staying. So we got to stay <laughs> at an Airbnb for two days, a, a different hotel one day, and then to the hotel I originally booked. <laughs> so it's like we're going to be moving around Dallas, Texas. And my fr- my friend John and I did that with New York where we stayed in Brooklyn when we had when we we went to do the um Conrad and Bruce Pritchard uh talk we did that we did the we did the um Ring of Honor New Japan show at Madison Square Garden and then we did NXT in Brooklyn so we stayed at a at a really like nice nice um you know (laughs) (laughs) did it have bed bugs (laughs) well when I when I do air quotes like that it's one of these where it was clearly like a gentrified hotel kind of thing. right you know like the, the money had moved into that area of brooklyn if you know what i mean so yeah. we, we stayed at this really like chichi hotel in brooklyn but then when it was time to go to wrestlemania we moved to a hotel like just outside of wherever um giant stadium is metlife stadium um and we took like we took an uber i think to wrestlemania which there are still people trying to get out of metlife stadium you know three years later <laughs> uh, what a mess that, that was that. <laughs> all right so when we last left our heroes myself and uh pat mullen and then before that Stuart lang we we've done pretty much the entire attitude era the entire monday night wars wrestlemania 17 which i argue is the second peak of wrestling i don't think there's ever been in total numbers of people watching all at the same time a better more peak time than at wrestlemania 5 with hogan and savage and then another right. peak again at wrestlemania 17 and i don't think it's ever been quite you know i'm not talking strictly finances i'm talking in terms of <clears throat> the most people watching at any one time i don't think it gets better than i don't think it has ever been any better than yeah, WrestleMania then- 17 around WrestleMania 17 you also got uh the show I actually was actually front row at um, mm-hmm. uh Cleveland Ohio at the Gunda Arena when Vince McMahon bought his competition but literally right. Shane McMahon was the other who bought yep. it whatever so but, we talked uh, about that with WrestleMania 17 that that the week before that Monday Night Raw was the mm-hmm. Panama yep. City WCW and then uh you know and then the simulcast where at the very end of the show uh, Shane McMahon says, I bought WCW from you. And then <clears throat> basically the, the natural born thrillers and Stacey Keebler showed up at WrestleMania 17 <laughs> and sat in the stands. That was the, that was what was left of WCW. Uh, yeah. So, like nobody wanted to come out of their contract. It seemed no, no. I don't know why, man. I, I said this to Pat at, when we talked about WrestleMania 17, I'm going to say it now and, and then I'm going to leave it alone because we need to start, start actually talking about what leads to WrestleMania 18. But it, mm-hmm. Never let it. Never let. Never forget that Bruce Pritchard's excuse for why the invasion went the way that it did is absolute horseshit. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> What's his excuse? So his excuse was we. You know he he did the Donald Rumsfeld line. Let me let me give some context here. So the Donald Rumsfeld line is you go to war with the war with the army you have, not the army you want. And his whole thing was the reason why the they had to put Austin in the invasion. They had to. Um, you know, mix it up with certain people and they didn't have, you know, the, the, basically the biggest stars they had were Booker T and DDP because nobody wanted out of their contracts. And um, and so nobody, you know, like Sting, Goldberg, Ric Flair, the NWO, nobody was available. Um, Scott Steiner. But here's the thing, and, and this is important. 
over the next two to three years, they all co come over. Some of them within the next six months to a year. And my thing to Bruce Pritchard is then don't do the invasion until you have them. There was no reason. There was a whole year's worth of just Vince McMahon torturing WCW guys yeah. that they could have done. Like, if you think about that last episode of Nitro and Raw, he spends most of it just making fun of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> You're you could, fired, buddy. <laughs> they could have brought over everybody that they brought in. Booker T, DDP, Lance Storm, Mike Awesome. They could have brought in all those people, right? And um, And they could have been like, just treat them like crap for the next year. Just job them out, you know, make their lives miserable on camera. Just keep referring to them as WCW guys. And then when you have Ric Flair, Goldberg, the NWO, Scott Steiner, then you say that's, you know, then you have the big, you know, raucous break, you know, right. where they're trashing wrestlers and, you know, they're destroying the locker room and they're saying, we are not taking this anymore. Now you have an invasion and you have your stars. There was no reason not to wait a year. So Bruce was no, lying about like, we had to do it now. No, you didn't. What, with the, you weren't going out of business. There's no reason to rush this. No, nobody really, I mean, yeah, to be 100%, just like when uh, they purchased, let's say, half the crew from ECW when they went out of business. It wasn't right. like, we have to do an ECW invasion. I mean, they did an ECW invasion, I think, like in 98, 97, when yeah. RVD and Samoa, not Samoa Joe, but Sabu, Sabu. Uh, came on. But, um, yeah, I do not, this was... The invasion angle was one of the most rushed angles mm. in the entire history of pro wrestling where they just completely messed it up. It is and, historically the worst missed opportunity in the history of wrestling. Yes, because and if you look like the invasion pay-per-view, if you look at mm -hmm. the matches they had, you, you can see there's so many filler matches. Like, yep. why did we need Earl Hetner versus Nick Patrick? <laughs> yes. You know? We're, we're um, going to get there in a few minutes. But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, like... Because they rushed it, because they refused to. And what kills me is, I guess, you know, the counter argument. Like, well, they didn't know Ric Flair was going to sign with them. They didn't know that Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash were going to come over. They didn't know Goldberg was eventually going to come over or Scott Steiner. Then don't do it. <laughs> then just don't. <laughs> then then don't do an invasion angle. They, they, like the dream fanboy thing of, ooh, what if Sting versus The Undertaker? What if Flair versus Hogan? Even though we actually did get that. What if this? What if that? Okay. We waited like this was the argument that Pat and I got into with WrestleMania eight. People waited forever, probably a little too long for Hogan Flair. And then when they got it, nobody wanted it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we got Hogan Flair. I was I was at that that match, Hogan you, and Flair. You were at the, the uh, Bass of the Beach? No, no, no. This was TNA uh, years later. <laughs> that like hip replacement. Oh. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, and the thing is, there's a pay per view called, uh, what, what is it called? Lockdown. And it was Team Hogan mm -hmm. versus Team Flair and like AJ Styles, RVDs were on their team. I can't remember everybody, Dudley's, I think. And uh, I was just like, man. Both these guys do not need to be wrestling anymore. <laughs> they just need yeah. to stop. That was rough. Um, but even like like WrestleMania eight, you know, um, by the time they, they we don't get Hogan Flair at WrestleMania eight because when they were doing it on the house show loop, allegedly, and, and Bailey and, and Pat debated this. Um, there's an argument to be made that people didn't want it once they saw it. 
Um, so again, just to move this forward, and then we're going to jump right into the day after WrestleMania 17. Um, they, there was no reason to do an invasion until you had the best guys to do it with. If you right. don't have them, just don't do the angle. Nobody needed it that badly to, to, to fucking ruin it. Um, all right, so moving on. Uh, after WrestleMania 17, the big story coming out of WrestleMania 17, I did want to ask you this, is that Austin... And, and Pat and I talked about this on the last show, that this was a dumb ending. Um, Austin turns on the fans. He joins up yeah. with Vince McMahon. And their whole explanation is Worst basically... Worst turn in history. Yeah. It was, if, I, if that big of a... I, I know I use yeah. this phrase all the time, but it really was like the best sex ever, right? And then right as you're about to climax, the girl says, it'll get off me. That is that main <laughs> event for me. <laughs> I'd have to agree because I remember uh, buying the pay-per-view for like forty nine ninety nine back then or whatever it was and uh, having people over and afterwards were just like, what the heck? And I mean, I'm literally wearing the hat I wore that day. This mm -hmm. is from 1999. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, one of the worst heel turns just because it didn't make sense. What, what should have happened, and I, I still believe this to wholeheartedness, should have been as soon as he uh, Vince helped Stone Cold Steve Austin win the title, he should have took that chair, turned around, hit just, Vince with it, or hit him with the stunner, and right. then just walk out. Yeah, and no, that would have been the best. Thing. You know what? You know what's funny? What they should have, you're absolutely right. What they should have done was he should have, like, given him the handshake and then whoop, and then kick, boom, stunner. Vince McMahon goes to pieces, like you know, because he's made of tiny pieces of chalk. And then, <laughs> and then that's, and then Austin walks away. DTA, motherfuckers, don't trust anybody. Yes. Uh, and see? then, and then we all go home happy. The wrestling is over. We don't need it anymore. We've all satisfied. Instead, they do this BS because you know, I think in the years since when when Austin's talked about it, when he's not talking about the rats in his garage, he he also talks about. Uh, if you've ever listened to the Stone Cold podcast, yes. Okay, Vance, yeah. I got these rats. Uh, <laughs> so when he's not talking about the rats, uh, he he does talk about how they felt at the time, and I and I can buy this argument that Austin needed a freshening up. That you know that he had gotten kind of stale. They have the Rock, you know, at this point as like the lead baby face. They don't really have other than maybe Kurt Angle. They don't really have good um, main event heels. Well, Triple H too. Yeah, and Triple H. Um, maybe let's try something with Austin again, give him a couple more years at the top you know and in a different capacity. I just thought about this. You know who else was healed at that time? Was Undertaker. He was an American badass heel at the time where he was. Was he a heel offensive. though? Because I didn't I didn't think he was a heel. I just thought he was well. I know he went to WrestleMania 18 as heel. Did he? Okay. Yeah, against uh Ric Flair. So so um just to kind of move this forward, uh and I could, I couldn't. When I was talking about this previously, I couldn't quite place when this was. But I guess this is the beginning of the two-man power trip, because at Backlash 2001, which takes place on April 29th, uh, 2001, from the Rosemont, um, from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, the main event is, in fact, the two-man power trip of Steve Austin and Triple H versus the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and the Undertaker. Uh, with the whole deal being all the titles are on the line. Whoever wins gets the whole kit and caboodle. This is really the only thing coming out of WrestleMania 17. I mean, there, there's the continued McMahon, McMahon feud that extends itself into Shane McMahon versus the Big Show in a last man standing match. But other than that, everything else right. is just more of the same. 
Um, and then the big deal. I liked. I actually liked the two man power trip. I know a lot I of people hate it, but I liked it. it. I, yeah. I was a huge fan of it and, until uh, you know, poor Triple H and his quadricep, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, ripped right off his leg. But uh, I wanted to see where they were going with that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure what it was going to end in was going to be Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at the end imploding on each other and blaming each other for losing or something like that. And that would have been a great run of matches to see. But we, to be honest, if you think about it, we never got that Stone Cold versus Triple H really big rivalry. Right. And because of injuries or because they were all doing their parts in different places. But um, and I think that's what that was leading up to for WrestleMania. 18 to be exact so between um wrestlemania and the summer pay-per-view which we'll talk about momentarily uh it's it's still business as usual we're still doing the two-man power trip we're still doing you know triple h and and um steve austin feuding with kane and the undertaker but what's happening a, a little bit little by little on tv is we're starting to pepper in the natural born thrillers we're starting to pepper in some of the old wcw guys the radicals um, the, the radicals you know this is yeah. this is all kind of happening in the background and what's percolating we don't know it at the time but what's percolating is the invasion angle they're they're starting to th- this is kind of like early 1930s before world war ii um you know we're just, we're, we're slow we're, we see slowly, the rumblings yeah we're like you know germany is kind of looking around we're, we're we're you know we don't really have an army we have a police force um so, you know, it's all kind of happening, but if you, in hindsight, you see it, but you don't see it when you're watching on TV. The, the, the focus is Steve Austin, Triple H, Undertaker, and Kane um, while all this is happening. So at Judgment Day, uh, which was May 20th, 2001 in Sacramento, uh, your main matches of note are um, you've got Steve Austin defeating the Undertaker in a no-holds-barred match. You have Benoit and Jericho. Um, who win a tag team turmoil against a whole bunch of different teams and Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. We have Kane defeating Triple H with uh, in a chain match. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> and then you have Kurt Angle in his ongoing feud with Chris Benoit. Two out of three falls match for Angle's Olympic gold medals. I'd said to Pat, I said my one of my favorite matches of all time um, is Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. And he was like, oh, that's yeah. not that's not even the best match of their series. And I was like, okay. He's like, they, apparently they had a whole bunch before and after WrestleMania that are, you know, just as good, if not better. So um, I don't know. Do you have an opinion on the uh on the Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit matches? Oh, dude, yeah, definitely. Uh Chris Benoit and uh Kurt Angle. Um or can we be do we call him the wrestler formerly known as Chris Benoit? No, I don't know. I, how no. That goes. People go crazy and sometimes do bad things. It's like it's fine yeah, to talk I, yeah. about him. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, the, the the way they looked back and forth. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's trained in the dungeon and one guy who's trained, you know, Olympic gold medalist, and the two of them just counteracted each other. It's mm-hmm. like they knew how to read each other without even movement without even you know uh saying hey next moves this like you're hearing a john cena match but, uh, like, but <laughs> arm bar arm bar whisper john <laughs> but, uh, arm bar <laughs> yeah uh one of my favorite pro wrestlers of all time was benoit before you know the 
sure. incident or whatever. And just, I saw them, I think, in two different incidences. Uh, I think one was a SmackDown and one was a Raw, um, where I got to see them live. And it was just like, it was usually when I go to a wrestling event, you know, I'm that guy that's like, yeah, woo, let's do this. Da, da, da. But the whole time watching them, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I like, had I used to have we used to have raucous parties for WrestleMania. I used to have a lot of friends come over. I would go to somebody else's house and we'd hoot and holler and we'd yell chicanery and tomfoolery, uh, mm-hmm. literally. Um, to, to the point where one of my friends was like, "Who's this tomfoolery guy?" and we had to throw him out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had to leave the room. Um, but but I remember shushing everyone during WrestleMania 17 Angle versus Benoit. Like, you know, I wrestled in high school and I've I've always been you know before I, before I got old and fat. I, you know, very like, you know, competitive combat sports person. And like the thing I vote, the thing I like about Davy Boy and Owen in Germany for the European title or uh, Regal and Finlay, or I think it was Regal and Ultimo Dragon, um, and then Angle oh, and yeah. Benoit is when you can make it look, you know, or even like Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle in their lockdown match, like when you make it look legit. When you really make it look legit, like it's a real struggle, a real wrestling match, the way a wrestling match should look. When you take me back to, you know, George Hackenschmidt and, you know, Frank Gotch and shit like that, like that's what I'm into it. I know a lot of people, you know, they just want to see light bulbs get smashed over people's heads and fall off buildings. Yeah. But like me, I like when wrestling looks like wrestling. Yeah. King of the, King of the Ring 2001. Um, June 24th in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Continental Airlines Arena. Okay, nobody remembers anything about this except for one thing because they use the footage of this constantly. This is forever. This is King of the Ring, known for its really wacky spots that that make it like a one-spot show or a one-match show. Jesus Christ, this is the night that Kurt Angle nearly killed Shane McMahon. Yes! Oh my God, the glass, the the glass uh, entrance. Yeah, yeah. Break. Uh, one of them wasn't breakaway glass, so like it was supposed to be or something like that. I can't yeah, he fucking hard way. But yeah, he starts <laughs> that glass, and just like man. keeps throwing them through it, like just keeps trying. No, Kurt, trying. no! It's, the, it's not the right glass, Kurt. Wow! <laughs> Who cares? You're going through it, bro. Kurt's like, I broken freaking neck, man. <laughs> Oh my god, that was rough man! Like I think everybody, yeah, everybody was rooting against Shane McMahon until that happened, and everyone was like, "Oh, <laughs> come call an ambulance!" One of the most cringy things I ever seen in my life. The only <laughs> one of the only things that just still to this day makes me go, "Oh god, why, <laughs> why?" Yeah, that was a <laughs> like, like I, I like I like wrestling and you know hardcore matches too, but yikes, don't don't kill the man. Um, they had to have a talk with him after the pay-per-view. They're like, Kurt, you, you got to throw him through the right glass, buddy. <laughs> this is how Goldberg almost lost an arm. You, you, gotta, you, can't, you can't be throwing him through non-worked glass. Right. Um, but the, the other thing that happened on this one, uh, I, this is where uh, DDP shows up, right? Or Yeah, some... but I remember when he was the like weird guy with the, the black mask on him, am I correct? Yeah, I feel like this is this is the okay. Um, at one point, both Jericho and Benoit forced Austin to submit to the walls of Jericho and the Crystal Crossface at the same time. However, since there could only be one winner, the match continued. 
the WCW champion Booker T made his WWF debut and attacked Austin with a scissor kick. That's right. That's what happened here. And a sidewalk slam through an announce table. Benoit would follow by executing a back suplex off the top rope on Jericho, which legitimately broke Benoit's neck. Yikes. And then Austin crawled over to Benoit and pinned him to retain the WWF championship. Um, I thought that DDP was on this show with The Undertaker. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that wasn't yet. Maybe that I think that was actually after. Okay. Because what I mean at WrestleMania 18, he was a smiling guy. He right. The, you know, right. The, the the initial thing with DDP, which if it's Okay, here it is. Before the street fight between Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon occurred, Diamond Dallas Page invited The Undertaker to the ring as videos of DDP's personal life were being aired by Undertaker's wife, Sarah, throughout the event. Undertaker and DDP had a confrontation, which quickly turned into a brawl. So, okay, I was right about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's go talk about this, because this is, again, we're, we're, we're leading into the invasion. You know, we had Booker T on this show. Before this, DDP was the stalker. He was stalking Undertaker's wife, Sarah. And this mm-hmm. is going to lead to a match between the two. But they have a confrontation here at the show. Um, I don't think anybody on Earth liked the DDP stalker thing or no. his interactions with the Undertaker here. This was all bad. It was all incredibly bad. And it was like one of the things that I was just like, I cannot believe that this is what they're doing. It's like, it's like uh, you know... From Godfather, look what they've done to my boy. <laughs> it's like, because I was a huge, yeah. you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, in the late 90s when uh, Stone Cold and DDP were being kind of mm-hmm. like compared to and stuff. Like, you know, they're kind of like the same guy at the trailer court that hang out and drink right. beers and stuff like that. I was a big DDP fan. And when they brought him in like this, I was just like, why? You just took everything away from him that made him the character Dude, that he was. We're not that many years from Savage DDP Spring Stampede. Like it's yeah. not that long ago where he was at the like the height of his powers, the top of his game. He had the title for a while. It was him and Goldberg at that ridiculous Halloween mm-hmm. Havoc with the Ultimate Warrior. That yes show. Like yeah, that wasn't that, that long ago. He's still a like DDP and Booker T were both main event guys that should have immediately come in and been a part of the main event picture. Like DDP and Booker T, if you don't have anyone else, should have been leading the invasion on the other side. You didn't need Austin. And instead, no. and this is a pattern with the WWE. We've been looking at 20 years of WrestleManias. This is a 20-year pattern with this company. You bring in Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, it'll be fine. You don't have to be Booker. You don't have to be the NWA guy. You know, like, here, put on these polka dot trunks. You know, they, they bring in Kerry <laughs> <laughs> Von Eric. We understand you only have one foot. What if we spin spin you around once or twice? You call yourself the Texas Tornado. You know, hey, um, Chicken McFace. Um, t- t- uh, Terry God. Rooster? Yeah. The, the, the Red Rooster? Red Is that Rooster. What we're talking about, Terry. Yeah, uh, like, hey, you have some upside to you. You're a good looking man, a nice body. The girls dig you. What if you cluck like a chicken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're big and white and bald. Maybe we should make you from South Africa and call you a king. <laughs> I understand you are in Mid South as the one man gang. You're a big, fat, bearded white guy. But what if you're a jive talking black guy? <laughs> there's so many. There's so many questionable characters over the decades. It, I, so, I so much questionable. It's the they bring a guy over, they promise him the world, and then they treat him like crap. 
and they give him garbage. They still do gimmicks. that to this day. They still I do know. that to this day. Karrion Cross, uh, Keith Lee. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, like, who can I think of right now off the top of my head in the last year that they, that are now usually at AEW? Right. No, that's that's a else. brilliant point. Like, you're not. I I had forgot. I, God, because I don't watch the product as much as as everyone else does these days. I forgot about that. But like, hey, Killer Cross, what if you're named after a bird? Hey, hear me out. You're going to be carrying cross now. And we're, hey, you know, your hot wife that everyone likes to see when you guys come out. Let's take her out of the picture and here, put on Demolition's <laughs> old gear. This will be I don't fun. know if it's I think it's the guy from uh, Thunderdome. <laughs> like from Mag Max. Yeah, more humongous. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Keith Lee, I know you're, jo- you're known you know, from the Battle of Los Angeles, like jumping over the top rope and being as big as you are. Yeah. Hear me out on this tennis skirt what do you think <laughs> and we're gonna take away your music and right. we're gonna call you bear claw oh bear cat bear cat right yeah so yeah. here we are in the early 2000s doing the thing they've always done and will continue to do for the next 20 years yes well anyway. i mean at least the next two years until vince McMahon retires <laughs> he's never gonna retire um we're gonna be stuck with him forever they're gonna put him in the nursing home sooner or later (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is the big one uh back in you know cleveland ohio july 22nd we need to just talk about a couple of different things that happened between the invasion and now all right where we are at the end of king of the ring and the invasion in july i want to say this is um this has to have been the night that ecw reforms right between uh june and july is the night that um, all the ECW guys rushed the ring and turned on Jericho and Kane? Yes, if I remember okay. correctly. So yeah, I don't know about you, but I that those pair of pants I was wearing needed to be tossed out when I when that happened. Like, <laughs> 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 listen, had a lot of sex in my life, but I never quite finished the way I did. When <laughs> <laughs> Rob that, Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer showed up. The deep nut. Yeah, oh my okay. god. My friend and I were just like passively watching wrestling. Like we're, you know, again, we're talking about this crap invasion. You know, we have Mike, Mike Awesome, who 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 shows up on Raw one night and throws somebody a beaten. Um, you know, we have Lance Storm who does the same. We're starting mm-hmm. to get. I think between yeah. now and then they also did the Buff Bagwell Booker T match. Is that right? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. aborted the, the night that they stopped Raw early and reset as WCW, and it was an utter disaster. Yes, I totally forgot about that until you just now brought that up. Yes, now I totally remember. They used WCW referees. They used WCW right. cameras. The, the commentators the got the, changed. I totally forgot that they did that. The wow. commentators were the one guy whose name I don't remember. In Arn Anderson, who look, I love Arn to death. Um, not needing to be a commentator. Yikes! No, no, no. He he's great as a coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, and for whatever reason, Buff and Booker T did not mesh, and that match was hot garbage, and the whole thing just fell flat. And they were like, "All right, so maybe we're not going to do a WCW branded show." So, yeah, yeah, it, it was, maybe this thing like, could work. Yeah, it's like it's like, well, we tried once for five minutes, it didn't work, so we're just doing away with it. Um, and then I think between June and July, is Austin turns on the WWE, like they put him in the at this point. Once, once the alliance formed the night of the ECW invasion, because um, at the end of that show, uh, Stephanie walks out, and I feel like within a week or two of that, Austin joins the alliance. If I remember, yeah, correctly. because uh, Austin comes out because the whole time him and Kurt Angle are doing the comedy sketches with Vince McMahon backstage. Yes, and 
And all of a sudden, um, McMahon's like, hey, with this invasion, I need the old Stone Cold back. I need right. the old and, Stone Cold. Yes, and Austin cried and was like, no, I don't want to go back to me. And then he joins the invasion. And it, well, yeah. first he comes out and he stuns everybody. He stuns right. all the WCW, all the ECW one night. Mm. And then it was like a week later or whatever, like he turns on everybody and stuff right. like that. And so, yeah, they originally he was going to be the hero for WWF. And right. he's like, no, I like WCW better because I like being stunning Steve Austin and the Hollywood Blondes. <laughs> it's all bad. It's all bad. bad. But he um, did have good matches with Steamboat and WCW. Sure. <laughs> um, so that all, so yeah, um, we were watching, so we're watching week after week of Raw, the shitty invasion, the shitty WCW night, all of it's bad. And then, you know, we're watching, I think it's the Dudleys versus Jericho and Kane, and then Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer jumped the aisle. We're like, oh, like, and you know, and so again, 2001, we're on the edge of our seat. We're like, oh my God, Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer are here. What's going to happen now? And all these guys run down. And, you know, and now we've got a brawl. And everybody kind of like in lockstep turns in one direction on Jericho and Kane and beats the fuck out of them. Oh, oh! <laughs> loved it. We were, my, you yes. thought my friend John and I had won the lottery or something. You, know? <laughs> you just won we a big million dollar prize. We were screaming, dude. We were so happy. Like, yes. And then Stephanie walks out at the end of the show and she's like, I'm in charge of ECW. And we we're like, all right, good. That lasted all of 20 minutes. Hey, but you know, you had let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> all right. All of that to say that leads to Invasion. Once again, July 22nd, 2001. I was at this one. Uh, we took a drive from New York to Cleveland to go see this. Um, was, this at, was this at the Gun Arena too? Uh, this was, yeah, at the Gun. Yep. All right. Oh, man. So I'm going to rip. So you mentioned it before, and I'm going to take an opportunity here to just run through the entire card here just to show people, you know, when you think about Sting versus The Undertaker, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, when you think about the all the W, the dream WCW, WWE versus The Rock. You yeah, know, like, we, you know. we finally have it. This is it. This is the WCW, WWF pay-per-view that we've always wanted or is it never <laughs> it was not <laughs> in our uh in our opening match we have Shavo versus scotty Tuhati. uh-huh i mean right. that i mean yeah that's i've always i in my in my i was like man scotty Tuhati has to go against chavo guerrero at some point in my life yep and his hobby horse um <laughs> edge and christian versus lance storm and mike awesome Mm. Good old Team Canada there. The aforementioned Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick. It's just special free Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> the EA of Bradshaw and Farouk versus the natural born thrillers, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. You know, those main WCW uh, main event stars. Yeah, they broke up within a month after this, I think it was. Roughly. Billy Kid Kidman, who in the latter years of WCW looked like he was on meth, versus, 
<laughs> well, versus he, was in a boy, he was in a boy group. What can you say? <laughs> versus X-Pac. Uh, and you have Raven versus Regal, which you could have seen on WCW Saturday night any at any given year. Yeah. Um, and then you have Chris Canyon. Who better than Canyon? You know, who better than Canyon? Nobody. Nobody's better than Canyon. Goddamn right. Uh, Hugh Morris. Who <laughs> was was he General Erection? I think he yeah, he was at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 during this era, but I yeah. wish he had kept that name. <laughs> I wish he had kept that name, but because I'm juvenile. Um Chris Canyon, General Erection, and Sean Stasiak. Yikes. From Planet Stasiak. Yes. Meat. Uh, <laughs> Meat. Such an awesome gimmick. Awfully bad. Uh Albert, Big Show, and Billy Gunn. Who uh, I'm sure looks good to you, Tajiri. Ass voice. Yep. That's right. Tajiri versus Taz, Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy in the only decent match on this entire show. Uh, actually, sure. actually, the Tajiri versus Taz one was actually kind of good too. But they they wrestle each other in WCW uh, or ECW so many times. I'm not like, just quality, but I mean like in star power. Like oh yeah, star power. Right. There might have been like well wrestled matches here. I honestly don't remember. But Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy. And the hardcore match for the for the mm-hmm. title was, was a quality B star quality. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah, star then, quality wise, yeah. Taz and Tajiri, nobody probably remembers half their names. Right. And the only thing Taz is a commentator. Right. <laughs> so, and then you have Trish Stratus and Lita versus Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, and a brawn panties tag team match with special guest referee Mick Foley. Oh boy! Wait till we talk about WrestleMania 19. Anyway. <laughs> All right, and finally, 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 Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. The Alliance of Booker T, Bubba Ray Dudley, Diamond Dallas Page, Devon Dudley, and Rhino. Two WCW guys, an ECW tag team that's already been in the company for like five years, and right. Rhino versus Oi. <laughs> this is where uh, this is where Austin turns on them. This is uh, yeah, so okay. Austin, the Undertaker, Kurt Angle, Kane, right. and Chris Jericho. And that's why they, yeah. the Alliance wins the match. It's Jericho, Kane, Kurt Angle, Steve Austin, the under, and the Undertaker. Just awful. <laughs> it was like one so of the bad. worst tag matches ever. I mean, you didn't even get your the hot spots weren't even that good in this yeah. match. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay. All right, and then when uh, I think Austin is, I think this is the one where Austin turns at the end because mm-hmm. they were like the it whole time be, they thought yeah. the whole time they thought it was either Chris Jericho or Kurt Angle that was going to turn, mm-hmm. and it was the whole time the team leader. All right, so that takes us to SummerSlam 2001 uh, from San Jose at the Compact Center, and your main event here are uh, you have The Rock who's back, and he and he defeats Booker T. Poor Hall of Famer Booker G, who who never gets anything. Well, until he's King Booker, it's just one shit show after another, like moderately racist <laughs> shit show yeah. after another. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to WrestleMania 19. But you know, you people don't finish matches or whatever the hell it is. Triple H said, "Have you heard, by the way?" Um, Bruce Pritchard defend the you people comment that Triple H made. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you people, you know, with the nappy hair. What? Like, please just oh say you were being God. racist and be done with this. <laughs> just admit you thought it'd be good if Triple H kind of comes across like a Nazi. It's fine. We'll forgive just about anything. We're wrestling fans, but yeah, please I mean, be honest. We, we forgave the Katie Vick thing. What, what more do you want? 
<laughs> just the mentioning of Katie's make gets people like this every time. Like anytime someone's like, this is the worst storyline ever, I just look at him and go, Katie Vick. <laughs> I just screwed your brains out. I gotta know how many takes he took. How many like I just I can't do this, Vince. You gotta like do the it rock. No, no, he, he was like the rock with the tech nine song. It only took one take. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that's that's what he said before they shot it. He was like, I am doing this once, however it sounds. As long as I get the line out, we're doing it because I ain't doing it again. <laughs> I'm sure he actually loved the idea because oh, they thought this God. was a great idea. Until what if he ad-libbed it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> what, what, what if he was just supposed to hump a corpse, right? that's fine. <laughs> Just leave it at humping a corpse, but then he, you know, like, oh and the line God. was just mm, good or something. And he's like, I'm gonna ad lib this, I'm gonna throw my own little triple H stank on it. it. Yay. Yeah, and he's like, I just screwed your brains out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and everyone just looking around, going, Do we tell him? No, he's fucking the boss's How daughter. How cringy yeah. this is. Uh, uh, just air it really fine. SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so yeah, we have The Rock, who, who speaking of screwing your someone's brains out, defeats Booker T and in, in a long, in what's going to be a long run of losses. Mm -hmm. uh, Kurt Angle defeats Steve Austin by disqualification. Uh, the Brothers of Destruction defeat Diamond Dallas Page and Chris Canyon. Speaking of long string of losses. Yeah. Uh, Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy again with one of the best matches of the night. Their ladder match is fucking legendary. Um, and then the rest of this is a big who gives a crap. So that's SummerSlam. Unforgiven 2001. We are gearing up for the... <laughs> we are now at the other side of the invasion. We're gearing up towards the end here as we get into the fall. Your major feud is still Kurt Angle and Steve Austin. They're at the top of the card. Kurt Angle mm -hmm. defeats Steve Austin by submission for the uh, WWF championship. That's when they all came out and cheered him and put him on his shoulders and like, yeah. yay, you did it, Kurt! Yep. And then in the other match that, the only other match that anyone would care about, um, though I do want to mention one other one, The Rock defeats Booker T yet again in a handicap match uh, and Shane McMahon for the WCW championship. Uh, the Brothers of Destruction, and I, and I just... I don't think I saw this one because, but I've heard about it. I've heard the legend, and I need you to kind of fill me in here. The Brothers yeah. of Destruction defeat Chronic of Brian Adams and Brian Clark. Um, I heard this was a special kind of burial. You want to clue me in? Uh, if I remember correctly, this was actually um, Chronic came and they were like really bad backstage. Like they were not getting along with anybody. Was just this thinking, like a public enemy deal where they where they just came backstage so they were big time shit and they got put. Yeah. In okay. Because they came from WCW, like they were on a hiatus when they came mm -hmm. when WCW went out. Okay. And they were just uh, not hiatus, but they were on a high horse right. and. And they were just like, they had these ultimate personalities where their stuff just didn't stink. And so the first thing Vince thought to do was he brought good old Mark Calloway to the side and said, those guys need a lesson. And Undertaker said, 
I'll be more than happy to give them that lesson. And there was a lot of receipts. This was not a uh, this was not a very nice match. <laughs> like I really feel like they put uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Richards in there just in case they killed the two guys. <laughs> they had a guy to pick. <laughs> like so, uh, that, that's what I remember of it. I remember that because Chronic. I think after this, I think this was like their last thing they ever did. I think they were in there for like maybe another month, and then what, like what they just got rid of them. Brian Adams was crushed. Like he had a long run yeah. with the WWE. Like even during the Attitude Era, he you know like he's he was part of the DOA and the um the other the the ugh, the first thing that he was in um Nation the Nation yeah he was in the Nation and then he was in DOA like he was a big deal in the WWF um you know not not like a main event guy but like. It's not like he, he, he did a lot. He did a lot of yeah. background stuff, you know, a lot of uh, matches that you're like, okay, I'm kind of interested right. in this. And then like, Brian Clark uh, was Adam Bomb. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, this is one of the things I really dislike about the WWF as a company. It's always this kind of carny, cultish atmosphere. And I've said this on a bunch of different podcasts. It really bugs me because here's the thing an adult should have just gone to them and said, remember where you are and there's nowhere else to go. Please rein it in. And if they yeah. can't rein it in, then sure, take them out back and beat them to death. I get it. Uh, but because I remember, like, right after this, I think it was like mm -hmm. two or three months after this, is when uh, uh, TNA was starting to go. Mm -hmm. You know, when young AJ Styles, young yeah. Samoa Joe, uh, Christopher Daniels, and yep. such like that. And I remember they popped over to TNA and they were in mm -hmm. TNA for a little while. And then they just completely disappeared off the map. Yeah, I, I just feel like an adult that goes to them and says, please mind your manners. Remember where you are. You can't act like this. And maybe, I, I, like, again, Brian, Brian Clark has been there before. Brian Adams, rather. Brian Adams has been there before. Like, he should know what the deal is. Like, oh, right, I forgot where I worked. Got it. Yeah. And again, when you got, like, someone like, like The Undertaker, like step which is Step considered... one isn't beat them to death. Yeah. <laughs> That's step five. <laughs> And then, well, you got like somebody like The Undertaker coming up to you, which we mm -hmm. all know since pretty much 1995 has been like the right hand man of, right. of Vince McMahon. If he's coming up to you, I mean, he's the judge in wrestling he's, court. He's Darth Vader, for God's sake. Yeah. It's like when he comes up to you and says, hey, man, maybe we need to calm that down a bit. Right. That's when you're like, you're right. I need to calm that down. <laughs> you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Mark. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> no. please don't kill me yeah <laughs> like, like just, just say, like what Vince McMahon should have said to to Taker was go have a talk with them and then and then he comes over and he's like cut the shit I think they do I think they're all men I think they're all adult men they mm -hmm. they would have gotten themselves no, together like but for children. Vince to be like the you know step one go beat the shit out of them in the ring and make them go home <laughs> like I don't know feels like you skipped a step or two Anywho, just maybe one maybe one um, so that's, that's, that's unforgiven. Uh, we go to No Mercy in October, October 21st in St. Louis at the Savage Center. And your main event is Stone Cold Steve Austin, again, defeating Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam. Chris Jericho defeats The Rock for the WCW Championship. Um, The Undertaker defeats Booker T. <laughs> Take a drink every time I say someone beats Booker T. <laughs> you'll be drunken within 10 minutes i was just saying you will have liver damage and that's that and at this point we are done with this whole thing we are 
the only thing I'm going to say about the going into the Survivor Series is to this day, Paul Heyman's promo where he calls out Vince is one of my favorite moments in wrestling. Like oh, as ECW hardcore, like where he just comes out and he's just stole like, yeah. everything from me, Vince. And I hope you're, yeah. and I hope you, I, your kids hate you, and I hope you die. That whole, yes. I have, you know, like I, I I've done uh, like acting classes, writing classes, and stuff, and I've had to do monologues. I've done that monologue. That that is a well written like. My daughter is now in musical theater, and I've had to kind of sit mm-hmm. with her and be like, you have to work on elocution. You have to work on uh, enunciation about, you know, pacing how you speak. And I was like, hey, if you, you know, because she's had to do monologues, too. She's always like, I want to get bigger parts. I always get these small roles. And I'm like, you got to you got to get do a better audition. And so I was like, you know what a good monologue to look at to model yourself after? Paul Heyman's. Paul Heyman didn't just do a promo. He told a story. No. Every like, time, oh, it, it, like I was just recently at mm-hmm. a SmackDown where I was front row and I was right there and mm-hmm. got to see Heyman just go off on the clips. And not only that, but even after the show, he mm-hmm. did. Uh, they, there's a tag match with the Roman Reigns and the Usos and stuff where mm-hmm. he did this whole promo and he even made the crowd act like he was yelling at this one guy <laughs> and he was like making it look like he's gonna go after and beat him up and like running towards the barrier and like you know Roman Reigns is holding him back you know like like he's actually gonna go fight a guy or whatever but uh but it just some of the best promo work in history if you don't put Paul Heyman in the top 10 this, top five even this is his best work ever like I don't think it gets any better than this promo against Vince where he talks about like you know, you, you you took this person's smile and you bought a jet with it. And you took this from Bret Hart and you, yeah. you went public with it. You know, you, and I don't even care that you stole from Sam Mushnick. You stole from me, Vince. You think you've got attitude? You've got nothing, pal. Everything you've ever good idea you've ever had, you took from someone else. And, you know, and now I've taken something from you. I've taken your children. They hate you. They want you dead. And this Sunday at the Survivor Series, that's what's going to happen. It's it's a crap ending because he calls out Taz. He's like, you turned Taz. He was a killer. And now he's a fat commentator. And it's like, yeah, uh, (laughs) we couldn't just let him go out on a high note. You know, we couldn't give Paul anything. You know, he has to lose his heat by the end of that segment. So, you know, Taz comes out and chokes him out, you know, or whatever. And and then, of course, there's Vince in only the second stupidest line since I screwed your brains out at the Survivor Series, pal. You're going to (laughs) choke. So bad. We can't give Paul Heyman anything. He had he had to lose his heat by the end of that segment. But up to that point. It was my favorite moment of the other than the East, the night ECW uh, invaded. It was my favorite night of the entire, my favorite moment of the entire invasion, which I think is both like an indictment of the invasion and, you know, and also it's just ah, so they had it. It shows that when the best thing that come out of the invasion was that promo just shows you how bad the whole thing really was and how and, and just how. They could not get out of their own way. Something I wanted to ask you really quick is, you know, people have talked about in shoot interviews that part of the reason why the invasion angle went the way that it did is in the WWE, they had this sort of philosophical religious belief. They couldn't let WCW ever win. They beat them in the Monday Night Wars. So how do you how do you let the guys who you just beat for the last two years win anything? 
now I know how I feel about that and how stupid it sounds at me repeating it coming out of my mouth, but I wanted to get your take on it. My take is the only reason, um, okay, one, WCW did beat them for what, 18 weeks or whatever that 83 was, weeks. 36, 83 weeks. 83 weeks, that's the name of the podcast. And um, so, like, by any means, WCW did beat WWE at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Kevin Nash, I think, said it best when uh, someone's like, uh, Eric Bischoff's like, oh, man, we're going to put Vince McMahon out of business with this, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the NWO when they started. He goes, wait a minute. You do realize that two of his guys <laughs> are believable enough to be taking over your entire company. Right. Just Two of his guys. With bats. Yeah, with <laughs> bats, which one of them was fake. Uh, but uh, my thing is, I think they should have really annihilated WWE or WWF, whatever it was at the time, um, with the Alliance. I think the Alliance members should have got every like title mm-hmm. and made them seem like a genuine threat. Because to be honest, when do we kill this? We kill this like literally three months before WrestleMania and start a whole new line. Like this is like, I think the first year of WrestleMania where the lot, the story wasn't all the way back at like Survivor Series and on. Right. Like, I mean, what in Survivor Series? You're talking Austin was the champion. You're talking he was the belt. Where is he at WrestleMania 18? So yeah. far down the card, I bet you don't even remember who he wrestled. If you're not a big wrestling fan, right? You know, like so, like um, I really think the Alliance should have won more, just because I think if they would have survived the Alliance beating WWF a little bit more, and then they they had that big win at you know like say Survivor Series, then Two months later, you have the NWO coming in when he gets that lethal injection of the NWO right into <laughs> the system. I think then you could still continue that alliance thing because mm-hmm. literally, it's only two pay per views before uh, before WrestleMania where they're no longer calling them alliance members or calling right. them you know WWF guys. So my thought was always that I thought the alliance should win more. Just so yeah. the WrestleMania blow-off or payoff could have been bigger. If they really felt like if there's a conversation among the leadership, Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, et cetera, et cetera, that like we can't let the Alliance ever win, it's not believable, I, I feel like they're brain damaged. Like there's no other explanation for it. It's a it's a fiction. It's a work. It's all a work. And really it's not believable like uh the boogeyman uh, <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> the gobbledygooker i don't know um so but that that's my point like you sacrifice you think you're trying to make it believable and you sacrifice appropriate storytelling it's like we can't ever let the rebel alliance win it's a ragtag right. group of unorganized fighters you know and luke skywalker is a farm boy who barely knows how to use the force there's no way we can let him win right well, if you don't, you don't have a fucking movie is the point. You don't have a sequel either. <laughs> right. Like, well, it wasn't believable that he could blow up the Death Star, so he died. Star Wars, everybody. <laughs> Popcorn. Yeah, I move it on. Um, water people can't do this. <laughs> Freaking water formers. Anyway. Uh, so we finally get to the Survivor Series. This is the end of the invasion. It goes off with a whimper, not, not exactly a bang. Um. You know, I'll read through the whole card here because this was yet another like alliance w- versus the WWF last hurrah. Uh, we have 
Just Incredible, Lance Storm and Raven versus Albert, Scotty Tuhati and Spike Dudley. You have Christian who defeats Al Snow. William Regal defeats Tajiri. Edge defeats Test. Yikes. <laughs> the Dudley boys uh, defeat the Hardy boys. Test uh, wins an immunity battle royal by, by last eliminating Billy Gunn. Trish Stratus defeats Ivory, Jazz, Jacqueline, Lita, and Molly Holly. And then finally, 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 we have Team WWF, The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show. Just fine. You know, no argument there. Versus The Alliance, Stone Cold, who's a WWF guy, Kurt Angle, WWF guy, Rob Van Dam, ECW, Booker T, hasn't won a match in 12 years. And Shane no fucking one is McMahon. a part of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> one WCW guy in Team WCW. I mean, I guess one. you could argue Stone Cold, but I mean, like Stone no, Cold was no, in Steve Austin, and he how many years had complained about him getting fired by a fax by Eric yeah, Bischoff? Yeah, FedEx. Yeah, I, this is. I just I had forgotten how bad this was. Steve yeah. Austin, no. Kurt Angle, no. Rob Van Dam, okay. Booker T, one. And Shane fucking McMahon. Yeah, Just you could have snagged, snagged, like, let's see, who do we have up here? We could have snagged Lance Storm, who by any means is one of the, as much as he never gets credit, is one of the best workers of that era where he can put anybody over and make it look believable. You have so many people like, Sean, you could have thrown Stan Stasiak in there. You could have thrown, you know, Was DDP dead by this point? I mean, we didn't. We didn't yeah, where was DDP? DDP's around. Was he getting his teeth I, think, I think actually, if I remember correctly, I think he actually had like a small shoulder mm-hmm. injury hey, or something. You like know, that it would have been months. fun since you know who shows up the next night. I think it is Ric Flair. Yeah, <laughs> Ric Flair. What easily. if we? Had, what if we had had like a, a mystery opponent and out walks Ric Flair and everyone's pants come off? Like, it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's built like a hammer. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a baby arm. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ric Flair's penis. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so many. moving anyway. on. So this next one uh, is Vengeance in December, December 9th, 2001 in San Diego at the San Diego Sports Arena. And the only thing of note here is this is the big Jericho push. He wins the mini tournament for the unified undisputed WWF championship by beating uh, Steve Austin. Um, and and the rock to... in the same night. He sure <laughs> did, Ollie. And so this is Chris Jericho's march to WrestleMania. This is where they begin his uh, feud with Triple H. Um, this is where, if I remember well, correctly, yet. I mean next month is yeah. Uh, this is the beginning of that. So yeah. where the the landing point is going to be the return of Triple H from his quad injury and his uh, run towards the title. This is Jericho teaming up with Stephanie McMahon, all of that. That's 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 yes. storyline one going into WrestleMania 18. Two, um, two down your bottom. Anyway. So Triple H <laughs> wins the so, Triple H, it's a beautiful day, don't you understand? He wins the Royal Rumble. Um, I will never get that fucking song out of my head because of this. They played that so much. It's a beautiful day. I, I think I was at the Raw that he came back. And the, and I and Look, we, everyone gives Triple H a lot of crap. Uh, by the mm-hmm. way, this is January 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the Royal Rumble. Moving on. Um, everyone gives Triple H a lot of crap. He married the boss's daughter. He's never as good as he thinks he is. You know, yada, yada, yada. People were legitimately happy he came back. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I cried at home. 
<laughs> I was like watching it at home mm-hmm. and like all episode, you know, they, they mm-hmm. even set it up oh, at the end. Triple H will be here. It wasn't even right. a surprise. And, yeah. and then he came out and I was like, please don't tear your quad again. Um, <laughs> please, what she do a year later? Anyway. Yep. All right. That takes us to no way out. And the storyline here is that, um, so right after the Survivor Series, Ric Flair showed up. They did the whole thing where he owned like 50% of the company. They're now having, they're doing a storyline where they have to like share ownership or whatever. Um, and Vince McMahon's like, I don't share. Um, he'll never be polyamorous. He won't share. So instead, <laughs> <laughs> so instead he'll just kill the company. And so he hires the NWO to inject a lethal dose of poison and kill the company because that's what the NWO did. It killed the company. Sure. History is written by the victors. Um, so No Way Out is the return of the NWO Hogan, Scott Hall, the late Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Um, this is where in the at No Way Out in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on February 17th, the main event is Jericho, who defeats Steve Austin again. Kurt Angle defeats Triple H. Um, the Rock defeats The Undertaker. Uh, somewhere on somewhere around here, the DDP is back. Um, and somewhere around here is the NWO. Um, yeah, okay, moving on. So that finally brings us to WrestleMania 18 at the Toronto yeah. Sky Dome. Not since WrestleMania 6 have they been there. And the main event that should have been was Hogan versus The Rock, the NWO versus the WWF. Don't you understand? Well, this is where I'm going to jump in for a second because I don't think that match should have ever happened, even though it it was a great match, and don't get me that wrong or anything like that. Even Jim Cornette liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good match, and by any means, that's not what I'm saying. The thing is, where was The Rock during the last pay-per-view? 30 days earlier, Mm -hmm. he was wrestling Undertaker in a match regular right. match nothing to do with anything right. the nwo comes out and makes it so so stone cold steve austin doesn't win the title why isn't stone cold steve austin going against the leader of the nwo i mean instead only gets like the leftovers so he i feel like Bruce Pritchard addressed this at one point and either they offered the sto- sto- steve austin yeah they offered it to steve austin and i want i want to say because Steve Austin's going to leave the company. Uh, he's going to take his ball and go home shortly. Yeah. Uh, he is not having a good time. I have the sneaking suspicion this is where there was stuff happening, I think, with Deborah. There was domestic violence going on in his world. I think he had been yeah. drinking a lot. I don't I don't quite remember where, where the bookends are, or where his mental health just, uh, just completely deteriorates. But I feel like this is right smack in the middle of that. Relative to your point, I believe they offered it to Steve Austin. He was like, no, Hogan Hogan was mean to me in WCW, so I won't wrestle him. And they were like, well, fuck off then. Rock, you want it? And he was like, yeah, I'll take anything you give me. I'm an, yeah. uh, uh, Scorpion King 5, let's do it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 Rock, the Rock will take anything. Um, and so they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll wrestle Hogan. That sounds great. And, and there's Steve Austin who's, cut off his, who's cutting off his nose to spite his face. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, I just remember as a kid, like, I, or not a kid, I guess I was in my 20s. Uh, but <laughs> I guess that makes me a kid now compared to, anyway. Uh, so 21 years ago, uh, <laughs> like, I just remember being so upset about that when it came out. And I was like, Rock and Hogan. I'm like, but what about Stone Cold? I want to see him get stunned. But anyway, let's move on to WrestleMania 18 because I, hey, I was actually a big fan they, of WrestleMania 18. They heard you, Neil, and they made up for it. So instead you get Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens in a talk show. Yes! <laughs> Anywho. Um, anyway, I'll be there to watch it. So. All right. So we're finally at the point where we get to talk about WrestleMania. So here we go. We have Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and Albert. They defeat Mr. Perfect, Landstorm, and Test in a six-man tag. I was remember? so excited to see Mr. Perfect at when he came out at WrestleMania, like mm -hmm. with that music. And I was like, yes, Mr. Perfect. And then they buried him under an ass. And I was just <laughs> so upset. I was, like, I was like, why did he do that to Kurt Henning? What did he do? Uh, all right. In the first match of the pay-per-view proper, we have Rob Van Dam versus William Regal. Look, every William Regal match I've ever seen has been fantastic. Like, and that just, one was just as well. That That yeah. is... One of my favorite actual uh, William Regal matches in WWF was that match for sure. Like when they when they would just leave Regal alone and stop giving him goofy gimmicks and just let him wrestle. Like he's every like Triple H is the one that everyone says, oh, he could wrestle a mop and put on a five star classic in the Tokyo Dome. Like no no no, William Regal can wrestle a mop mm -hmm. and make it look like a struggle in an actual wrestling match. William Regal is one of the best. And his match yes. and Rob, you know, and Rob Van Dam, who's known for kicking chairs into people's faces and doing splits and whatnot, can actually wrestle when he needs to. He just that's like just not his thing. He'd rather he'd rather be the flippy martial arts guy. Right. Um, next match, we have Diamond Dallas Page defeating Christian when Christian was doing his tantrum gimmick. And Diamond Dallas Page is now the teeth whitened uh, motivational speaker guy. That's not a good. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, this was fine. They're both competent wrestlers. Um, it was the, a decent match, yeah. Yeah, I mean, none of the work here is bad. No. The work is either average to good to great throughout the entire card. Um, if you liked the DDP Christian angle, this match was just fine. If you didn't, it was a match on the card. Yeah. I think it's like the fourth best match or fifth best match of the night. Yeah. And then we have our requisite silly match of the evening. We have the hardcore match between Maven. So I missed this. I missed my opportunity to talk about this before. So I'm going to say it now. Was this the Royal Rumble where Maven went into the popcorn machine? Yes. Yes, it yeah. was. That's when he eliminated the Undertaker and the Undertaker went plum crazy. Yeah. The, and, and this match was literally uh, easily... I mean, it was that it's like what they do now with the 24 seven title. Yeah. Cause this yeah. runs off. People go after each other. We get to watch it on the screen, mm -hmm. you know, when we're, you know, it's time to go get the popcorn and get them, you know, get the beers and come back to your seat kind yeah. of the night. So not a good match. Maven. The only thing I can ever say about Maven was that he had a really good drop kick. Like his drop <laughs> kicks looked beautiful, <laughs> but the rest of his thing always, I've never seen a Maven match and was happy. I saw it. Um, yeah. I feel like just that era of tough enough. We can talk about this for a second. 
you know, of all the people that they, they could have picked, I thought Maven, I don't remember me disagreeing with the Maven choice as such. I mean, there might have been one other person who I thought was better. You know what? Um, You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the guy from Harvard. That was that season. And I actually did yeah, think yeah, the guy Chris from Harvard Nolaski. should have yeah, won. Chris, yeah, Chris Nolaski. Or, uh, yeah, which I'm they ended up giving a contract to anyway, then proceeded to give him concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, I think that was my only argument at the time. Like, I, I would have preferred Chris Nowinski to Maven, but whatever. And then, and then they bring in Maven, and they realize that he's three feet tall, you know, and they don't have a cruiserweight division anymore. So <laughs> this is not going to work. And then they it's proceed to have the Undertaker work. kill him. <laughs> but I take a drink every time I say, and they proceeded to let the Undertaker kill him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to get everybody messed up this night. I am. Tr- I am the king of alcohol poisoning. Kurt Angle defeats Kane in a singles match. This is yet another year in a row where they don't know what to do with Kane. With or Kurt. Time. Uh, like, literally, I mean, it was just like, here's Kurt, here's Kane fight. Yep, yep, you know? pretty much. They just threw them together. And look, but both guys can work. Again, this is, if you liked the angle that they were in at the time and you like those guys as wrestlers, this is a fine match. Yes. Okay. In one of the matches that actually matters on this show, The Undertaker defeats Ric Flair. Uh, so I know, I wish Pat were here because Pat would tell you how much the Undertaker sucks. Um, but I, wow. I yeah, he's not a huge fan. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Hot take from Pat Mullen. Him and another guy that I'm in a wrestling chat with have had long, long breathy discussions about how much they hate the Undertaker and how bad oh, you totally is. have to add me to this group. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rip them apart on that. Um, um you have to ha- you have you have to pick match. a you have to pick a character name from the movie Book of Nights if you're if you want to be in. Um, nice, definitely. Uh, I guess Dirk Diggler's already taken. Um, you, it is. I'll tell you. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Let's do this live C. on the Riley's show. Uh, let's see, Boogie Nights. Here we go. So we have. I can be Skater Girl. Uh, we have Roller Girl. Roller Girl. That's it. Okay, we have Scotty J, Jack Horner, Todd Parker, Buck Swole, Reed Rothschild, Dirk Diggler, and I'm the Colonel. I can be a uh, roller girl. Roller girl? Okay. <laughs> that really confused them. I'll head you later. Um, <laughs> but anyway, anyways. so uh, the Ric Flair Undertaker match, to me, uh, I think is the unsung uh, gem of this WrestleMania. Like, a lot of people don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, this is a conversation I got to have with so many people about, about WrestleMania 18. And I rank this as actually the second best match of the entire night. Uh, I really like this match. Like, for all yeah. the shit that Pat and co- company give The Undertaker, and look, I somewhat agree with their point of view. I don't think all of his matches are spectacular. Um, I, I think it, I think he works to the level of the guy he's in the ring with, is my thing with The Undertaker. Yeah. But when you put him in there with Giant Gonzalez, sure. <laughs> the match yeah, of sucks. course it's going to be. I mean, this was a time when Ric Flair's, uh, you know, his confidence in himself was still pretty low, the and thing, he was still trying to rebuild himself mentally. From the thing everything. people don't understand about Ric Flair, because everyone says, "Oh, Ric Flair's a great wrestler." Ric Flair's a great bumper. Ric mm-hmm. Flair's a great seller. The yes. thing that makes Ric Flair great is he makes you look like you're killing him. And then chicanery happens, and he wins. And you're like, ooh, that dastardly Ric Flair. That's Ric Flair's almost his entire career. Is and He blades, he bumps, he throws himself hither and yon. Only Mr. Perfect can do it better than Ric how, Flair. How he didn't need, like, 500 surgeries right? in his life more than what he had to have. Right. Look, 
I, I have, it's, I mean, especially doing that one thing where mm-hmm. he does where the Shawn Michaels copies off of him, right. where they bump over the top, you know, hit the buckle and go over mm-hmm. the top rope onto the side. And then the, the Ric Flair fall. Come on. So who doesn't Rick, love the Ric Flair? Ric Flair, when, when given the opportunity, will make any, anybody you want, anyone that he wants, look like a billion dollars. Yeah. That's, that's Ric Flair's magic. And so here you have The Undertaker who's going to win this match. He's going to beat the shit out of Ric Flair. And Ric Flair's there for all of it. That's what makes this match great. Ric Flair's like, yes, beat me, flay me, throw me around. Treat me like the whore that I am. And Rick and, <laughs> and, and The Undertaker says, I will. And they did. I mean, we never got Sting versus Undertaker, but I feel like this was like a close second to that. Yeah, you know, you got your a, dub, hardcore dub. As much as Flair jumped around in what the mm-hmm. late '80s, early '90s, yeah. or whatever, um, it, he's still WCW. It, when yeah. you think of WCW, he's one of the top guys you think of. And this was your WCW versus WWF prime guys. Yeah. And I, I understand they did the whole reverse. You know, where Undertaker was the heel and Ric Flair was the baby face. I wish that was reversed. I wish Ric Flair was more pursuing Undertaker than Undertaker with his big, bad, evil, American Hon- badass. Thing. Honestly, like they should have said, not completely. Don't I, I don't want to say this and be like, ugh. What if Ric Flair was trying to bang the Undertaker's wife? Not- oh my gosh. That would have won. He would have been great as a stalker. I, okay, I didn't want to say it that way because I didn't he want Rick Flair. Stalker. To, I didn't want him to be the stalker. I just wanted Ric Flair to just like he just he just walks through the locker room and he's like, "Hello, how are you?" And he's doing the wrestling shake, right? And, and then he sees the Undertaker's wife and he just drops his pants. He's like, "Huh? Huh?" Hey, yeah. He starts windmilling, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. <laughs> and the Undertaker like tries to kill him because you know he sh- he flashes dick at his wife, and now you have a feud. Yes, and, and the, that makes like, sense. Imagine, take take my hand and cross over this bridge with me, Neil. All right. Ima- imagine, it's the Randy Savage Ric Flair feud. She was mine before she was yours, but it's the Undertaker's wife instead of Liz. Oh my gosh! Okay, and then he <laughs> can even having, say, "Do you remember <laughs> buying that?" I remember buying the magazine <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> like what? No way, <laughs> Miss Elizabeth, that whore. <laughs> <laughs> so good, but yeah, man. Good. If if the whole if they had not done that stupid shit with DDP, who had a hot wife already, yeah. like arguably, not arguably, absolutely hotter than the Undertaker's wife. Like, sorry, Sarah, but no. Um, even even like Michelle McCool. Like, look, I'm a, I'm not here to bag on a man's wife, God forbid, but yeah. he was banging Kimberly. Just no, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no universe where it's believable. The, uh, the the DDP looked away from Kimberly and it was like, yeah, Sarah Taker. No, <laughs> no, no, no. There's none. Not a not a cross universe. Not this right. multiverse. Not right. this dimension. Not even Earth three one three. Like no. literally. <laughs> So again, imagine they save that whole, uh, you know, tweak it slightly. Don't make him a stalker, but just Ric Flair is just big sex pervert, and he wants to bang the Undertaker's wife, and the Undertaker's not having it. Now yeah. you have a feud. That would have been yeah. awesome. I, um, I would have loved it. All right. Speaking of sex perverts, Edge defeats Booker T, which is fine. <laughs> Booker T is a sex pervert. Yep. I was talking about Edge. Um, I know. <laughs> 
Uh, this was a good match, good solid match. Uh, the, the match that everyone wants to hear us talk about: Steve Austin versus the the late, the dearly departed Scott Hall. And that guy. Uh, you can tell Steve Austin doesn't want to be there. You can tell Scott, Scott Hall, Hall is really frustrated. Yeah, in the world, I don't know if he was drunk at this time or, you know, he was on that level. You know. Mm-hmm. Addictions, addictions, guys, you know, there's nothing we yeah. can do about it. Um, but it was something we can do about it, but, you know, in this past I think tense. He, I, I want to say Scott Hall cleaned up by this point. I think, again, going back to Steve Austin's not in a really great mental health place, and mm-hmm. that's and, and Scott Hall has already got his own mental health issues, and I just think this was a, a, clash, be, of, a clash of characters. Yeah, and to be honest, Scott Hall, like, oh, man, some of the promos he did leading up to this – it just seemed like he was just calling it in, you know, because mm-hmm. Scott Hall has had some great promos and that's definitely in the WCW days and Razor Moner and all the stuff. I'm wondering how many of them really wanted to be there. Like, yeah. I feel like there's only one place to work. We kind of hate this company. We love it, but we hate it for all the yeah. reasons that I've talked about for years now, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. it's like, and, and it's everyone just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And I really think with, uh, and to be honest, I really wish this would have been like a tag match. Yeah. I know. I think Kevin Nash just had knee surgery or mm-hmm. something like that. There's something wrong with Kevin Nash. I know he was injured. Yeah. yeah but they they didn't let that know. Like, but behind the scenes, we all knew. Um, and I really would have loved to see like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash versus like Stone Cold and Kurt Angle or, you know, again, doing something that would have, you know, continued kind of like that alliance right. kind of storyline and stuff like that because you know again why is stone cold steve austin though going against scott hall defending the wwf basically and himself mm-hmm. after just like two months ago he was the <laughs> leader of the people trying to take him down yeah it makes no sense uh, long-term so, storytelling has has long since died at this point yeah and at this point everything was just like kind of like i really feel like it was just a big confusion spot right there with stone cold who's one of my favorite pro wrestlers, but man, this was a time in his life where it was all coming to an end. He knew it. Things were not going well in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it was right. what it was. Yeah, it's better um, than what it, I thought it would be. How about that? This whole match can be summed up in Steve stunning Scott Hall and Scott Hall throwing himself into the upper atmosphere. <laughs> the old uh the old uh rock cell of the yeah. stunner back in the early uh, the, the late 90s yeah it's like you, you take a stunner and instead of just falling down you like run half a yard do a front flip do a back flip do a, split. <laughs> do a reverse triple 360 yeah. 180 flip yeah you j- jump over rodney dangerfield off the high board you know the, <laughs> the whole nine yards Moving on. Oh, um, I knew we were going to go back to school, man. That's, that's... <laughs> right. Well, you know as well as I do that they look good to you and me, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it was so funny because I actually got to meet them at Fan Access, and mm-hmm. everybody was waiting in line because uh, HBK was next to do, and uh, nobody went up to them. And I was like, so why is nobody getting their autograph and waiting back in line to go to Shawn Michaels? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I don't know. So I ran up there and I literally had a great conversation with Billy and Chuck. Mm-hmm. Great conversation. I go, you guys know what you're doing, right? And they go, oh, yeah, we actually got we we actually have a blowout for this at the end. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what that is. And then ally of, course, of the LGBTQ community, the WWE. 
Yeah. They, you know what? Billy was so nice. Billy was just man. He was every time I met Billy. Billy Gunn. I've heard nothing so but good things about Billy Gunn. It's a shame that he was so awkward as he was. Like I still remember him as like rockabilly. And it's like, all right, go out there and be Elvis. Uh, uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally this entire match. I met every single tag team in this entire match at Russell Access. I literally have all their autographs in the program. Very cool. So yeah, Billy Chuck, Billy and Chuck defeat the APA, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. My <laughs> my favorite memory of this match is um, I I guess it was Saliva or somebody who's playing the Dudleys out, yeah. and and the awkward dancing that the Dudleys had, like go out there and dance with the band. <sighs> sure. Yeah, Stacy <laughs> Keebler and like the lead uh, Josie Scott of Saliva <laughs> with his his upper hand. Yeah, like, it's, it's like he, boy, yeah. she had a bubble around her. She's like, no, yeah. no, no, six feet. Um, <laughs> this was the uh, I always call WrestleMania 18 the saliva and drowning pool mania, yeah, and then WrestleMania 19 is the limp, limp biscuit, biscuit show, yeah. <laughs> which I don't mind, man. I like I like terrible music. All right, um, finally, the main event of this show. Yes, there's two more matches after it, but we all know, we all know there's the main event of this show is the Rock versus Hulk Hogan, the big double turn. Um, you were there, I was there. I mean. We both know that whole crowd was so Hogan. They it did was, not give a it was shit about so the insane. At, well, at first, when it first started, they're mm. kind of it was kind of 60-40 with Hogan on the 60 side. Mm. But then by the end of it, everyone in that arena wanted it was like Hogan. 99-1. Except for the people <laughs> that got in some like big brawl fight behind me in my section <laughs> that like they took out half the section I was in. It literally before the match was over, security was behind me, like escorting like thirty people out of the building. Wow! Like this is insane. A, this is one of the best matches in the entire twenty-year history of WrestleMania that I've been covering. It really is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock and Hogan are there two guys that get the industry more than these two do? And when you put them together, they they created magic. And when you think about how old Hogan is at this point, you know, Hogan had been around a good 10 years in 85. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Look, and now it's 2001, 2002, rather. Two. You know, he's got to be in his 50s at this point, you know? Yeah. And he's still, and he's doing his best to keep up with The Rock, and The Rock is taking care of him. I've heard them both talk about this match and just how great it was to work together. You know, you was like, this should have been Austin. It's fine that it was The Rock. It was the right guy. Storyline-wise, I, you know, iconography-wise, iconography maybe there's an argument for Steve Austin. But when you think about you need a guy who know, who knows what he's doing, who can take care of Hogan, a guy can, that Hogan can work off of, there was nobody better in the company, nobody better in wrestling at that point than The Rock. And they made magic. They made a lot of magic. They did. This, this, uh, I mean, like an elbow got screams. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. is like, I mean, I have been to concerts with returning bands like the Beatles, you know, without John Lennon, but mm-hmm. like I've been to Super Bowls, I've been to concerts, I've been to, you know, things that are known in history of things that happen in music and life and art and nothing in my entire existence has ever felt like the energy of what the sky dome felt that night during mm-hmm. this match. I have no. never felt the, 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 the equal to it. 
there have been a few times in watching wrestling, both on television and live, that I really felt the electricity of what magic wrestling can bring into your life. Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30, the ECW invasion, um, anytime the Shield showed up, <laughs> it was it was there was always something you know. There's always something really cool. The um, the night that CM Punk won the title from uh, John Cena and ran off for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my you gosh, know? yes, I love this one. Of my like, favorite those moments that leave you shaking like this was great this should have ended the show um but it didn't instead we got a girls match after that nobody cared about it was Chaz defeating Trish Stratus and Lita which well, nobody one, one saw because everyone go, was leaving one thing I got to go back to uh 40, yeah. 49 was how old Hogan was at the time yeah okay there you go almost 50. yeah um all right and then in the actual main event the final match one should say was certainly wasn't the main event poor Chris Jericho only Rey Mysterio knows how Chris Jericho felt because mm -hmm. when everyone wanted Daniel Bryan to show up as number 30, number Royal 30 Rumble, the Royal, poor yeah. Rey Mysterio's whole life got shattered. Only the only other person to have experienced such like backlash, no, such backlash is Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho tried. Triple H tried. Stephanie McMahon tried. They mm -hmm. all knew this was an impossible uphill slog to get the crowd back which they never did, you know, but this goes on before Hogan and rock. Everyone's like, Oh, it's a great match. They did, you know, and triple H got the hero's return that he, that he's always wanted. He, they, they finally like triple H. They finally like him. Okay, it's great. Like, triple, dr still, dream come people true. Love me. Yeah. And, you know, and, and look, I don't begrudge triple H that much. Um, he wanted to be loved in the wrestling world. He finally got his opportunity. This was just placed all wrong. It's my one big criticism of WrestleMania 18 because I, I was I made the argument that WrestleMania 17 is historically monumental, but the work isn't as good. The work yeah. is of all 20 WrestleManias, and I and I I reserve my right to, to change my mind once I rewatch WrestleMania 20. But I think of all the WrestleManias up to this point, 18 and 19 has the best, most consistent work and star power of anything before it with the possible exception of wrestlemania 3. yeah and, and i think the reason being is because you had so many wrestlers in an atmosphere where now you don't have mm -hmm. wcw as a background wrestling company everybody has to bring their a game because tomorrow you might not have a job if you don't bring your A. well not game. only that but i mean now all the best wrestlers in the world are in one place yeah you know, which was a uh, WrestleMania three is a great example of that, right? Because that's, that's what I'm saying, like territories, right? Yeah. So the WrestleMania three is sort of like the big super card uh, of that era. WrestleMania is eighteen and nineteen are all of the best guys you can find currently wrestling, all wrestling in one place, and all wrestling at a high, at the highest caliber. Like there's no nobody is like awkward and junky. Everybody is spot on, yeah. and it's really down now just a matter of personal preference. Um, which takes us now to the aftermath. All right, so Triple H has the undisputed title. The Rock has beaten Hogan. The NW turned on Hulk Hogan. What to do next? Uh, so that takes us to Backlash. Um, now, by this point, and, I, and we do need to talk about this, but before we do, let me take care of some bills here. Uh, we were about to talk about the draft the very, very first draft in uh, WWE history and the brand split. And if you are trying to compose notes for your draft or your brand, brand split, whether it's wrestling or fantasy football or whatever, you might want to use Grammarly. The, so for listeners of the Mania of WrestleMania, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products 
help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, Backlash 2002. Um, okay, so by this point, they've uh, Ric Flair's been defeated. Vince McMahon's in sole ownership of the company. I think uh, they do the brand split, and I believe a, uh, Vince controls one side, Flair the other. The um, the NWO goes one way. They split the Dudley Boys. Um, was the big deal oh, gosh, here? Well, um, we got Batista because of that, you know. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the the champion is supposed to fight on both brands. Yeah. What do you think of the very first uh, brand split and the you know, the uh, the draft? Um, to be honest, when I was younger, I thought you know it was a great idea, and even today, uh, separating it at the right times mm-hmm. is a really good idea. Uh, but now that we're in the day where I've seen, you know, certain tag teams fight the same tag teams 27 times this past year, it's you know, now, now it's not too, too good of a thing, but yeah. back then I thought it was a great idea. I was like, Oh, great. We get two champions. So we get, you know, a champion here. We get a mid card title there. You know, I thought it was a great idea back then. The only thing I didn't like mm-hmm. was exactly what you just said, like the splitting of people that made no sense. Yeah. Like, why split Bubba and Devon? Who, whose thought was that? Because they thought they'd get another Shawn Michaels out of it, like they always do when they split up a tag team. You know? Sometimes you don't have a Shawn Michaels in a tag team. Sometimes you just have a really good tag team. And I it's know. okay. You know, <laughs> the Road Warriors didn't have a Shawn Michaels, and they're considered one of the best, te- you know, tag teams of all time. I mean, and if they weren't the best tag team, they beat you until you agreed they were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're the best. Fine, Hawk. Fine. It's right. fine. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. You're anymore. right. You're the greatest ever. Um, my take on the brand split was it was the best way to manage a bloated roster, and it gave. Yeah. You, you you don't, you know, if you think about the late Attitude Era, The Rock's on every show. Steve Austin's on every show. You know, they're on, they're both on Raw and SmackDown. You're writing double the amount of stories. You're burning through matches so quickly. And guys aren't getting on the show because you have to have segments for The Rock, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Kane, Triple H. And here's the thing. Once you split them, now guys that never get t- television time are allowed to shine on TV and get matches. And now they can be on the pay-per-view because you're doing brand exclusive pay-per-views now. And when you have the, when you have the, uh, the fan base to support it, it all makes sense to do that. So um, I was okay in theory, I think in practice, like you, I'm like, I don't love the way that they're doing a lot of this, but you know, yeah, I don't like matter. how they're doing it today for sure. I right. mean, a lot of it, you know, I, if I see like, you know, the street profits versus the, you know, <laughs> the uh, versus the dirty dogs or the Usos one more time, I might just go outside Dude, and just, I, I, if I see the new day versus the Usos, I'm going to walk into the wood to live deliberately. Like I fucking <laughs> had it with both of those well, teams. Yeah, you know, 90% of that team's injured right now. So well, like, yeah. Kofi versus the Usos for the WWE. Fucking Ridge Holland, man. Yeah. Uh, he's not hurting himself. He's hurting somebody else. All right. Uh, so back. So backlash 2002. So we um, get Triple H versus Triple H. Yeah, we have Hogan versus Triple H for the world title. 
uh, and Hulk Hogan ends up winning it. Um, this was this was a fun era for Hogan. This this is this this is going to lead into next year's WrestleMania with him versus McMahon. He gets to do the stuff with Edge. Like yeah. as much as I'm not a huge Hogan fan, this era of Hogan post WrestleMania eighteen is a lot of fun. This, yeah, this was the twilight of his WWF career. This is like, mm-hmm. okay, I get to reflect here. This is my reflection on he's, life. This is his Dusty Rhodes moment sans uh, polka dots. Like, he's just here yeah. to have fun. He's here to have fun and have good matches and just be one of the boys. He doesn't have to carry the whole goddamn thing on his back anymore. Um, other, other matches of note, Undertaker versus Steve Austin, uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle versus Edge. And then, uh, oh, and uh, the next night after WrestleMania, uh, the star of our second portion of this show, Brock Lesnar, debuts. And mm-hmm. begin, we begin the long march to his big win coming up at SummerSlam and then his big uh, win again at WrestleMania 19. But it all starts the day after WrestleMania where he shows up and beats the fuck out of some guy who I don't even remember who anymore. Yeah, I uh, I saw him back at the, uh, it was the Raw before seventeen. Mm-hmm. Was when they were bringing him out for dark matches. Okay, uh, Brock Lesnar. I remember he was wearing like like these maroon, ugly mm-hmm. like bicycle short kind of wrestling gear, and, mm-hmm. and came out. And as soon as he came out, I just looked at my ex and I was like, "That guy's going to hold a title yeah. soon." So, you know, <laughs> like when people ask me like, "Who's your favorite wrestler?" or "Who are your favorite wrestlers?" and you know, I like the Ultimate Warrior. I like Goldberg. You know, I'm that guy. I'll tell you, like, other than me, if Kevin Nash and Brock Lesnar fused into one guy, oh, wow. that would be my favorite wrestler ever. Yeah. There'd be no, there'd be no yeah. one better. Just seven feet tall, built like a brick shit house, and actually athletic. Hoy, yeah. I'm gonna need to change wow. the shorts. Yeah, could yeah. you imagine? He'd be uh, incredible. I, and I Brock Lesnar's even... not exactly that much shorter than Kevin Nash, but could you imagine, like, Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash's height with Brock Lesnar's frame and athleticism. Yeah, and people that would long, die. People would die, <laughs> yeah. And that long, wonderful He'd hair. He'd still be in UFC right now, killing people. <laughs> yeah, right. Cain Velasquez wouldn't have had a chance, and Mexicans would be sad. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, that's, uh, so that's Backlash 2002. We move on to uh, Judgment Day 2002. Judge and Day. this is the Undertaker who defeats Hulk Hogan. This was this was fun that that match yeah. again. Still on the Hulk Hogan run here. We're having a good time. Triple H defeats Jericho in a Hell in a Cell. Edge defeats Kurt Angle. Hair versus hair. Hair versus hair. Oh my god! One of my that, favorite. The promo for that was hysterical. Not just oh. the promo for that, but like, a, oh, you know what? We forgot to talk about really quick. Like, just touch on this for half a second. Um, wait a minute. Never mind. I think that's the. Was Edge versus Booker T at 18? Um, there's that 19. Ooh, uh, no, because 19 is Triple H versus Booker T. That's the yeah. match. So WrestleMania 18, we forgot to touch on this. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, our uh, Edge versus Booker T. Do you remember what that match was about? Vaguely, but go ahead. Is because he lost out on a shampoo commercial. That's right. Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> he totally now, jumped over the shampoo commercial. Okay, match. so you're right, and I did want to talk about that because it was so cringe. I'm watching. Like I've already, I've already <laughs> Sorry, made my case that I don't think second, they treated guys. Booker T well. And Booker T, God bless him, he's doing the Lord's work and just shouldering 
the latent racism in that company. Just, <laughs> it's fine. Black people just get a hard time. I'm enjoying the money. Um, you know, like I love Booker T. He will always be one of my favorites because they treat him so badly, and he just he just deals with it. He's fine with it. Yeah, and you know, to this day, one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, stills of mm-hmm. wrestling is when Booker T and Edge are in the middle ring, and the the mm-hmm. ref is about to ring the bell, and you see a guy sign behind them saying, "This match is because of shampoo." Right. <laughs> I'm just like, every time I'm like, Dude, oh my gosh, you're right. This whole so rivalry I'm, is I'm based do- on shampoo. Last weekend, I'm doing my re- my rewatch of WrestleMania 18, and I hear, and I'd forgotten about what, what the whole angle was, but I heard him do the shampoo promo. Uh, promo. I mean, like, start talking about his hair, and like, like, you need to talk about my hair, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, Booker T, no, no, Booker. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's oh, hard God. to watch a minstrel show in 2022. It really <laughs> I, is. I know. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh my oh, God. My the All only right. thing that whole promo was missing was blacker face. So I just <laughs> <laughs> oh. Poor bastard. And I, I remember Edge was two sides to himself. Anyway. <laughs> and then I, I I remember just writing to Pat going, This promo makes me hate wrestling. But what makes me love wrestling is Brock Lesnar. Defeating the Hardy Boys. Jesus Christ. I haven't oh, seen two yeah. smaller men get taken out by a bigger guy since the last time I watched Oz. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I mean, other than the Undertaker, Jeff Hardy ladder match, them two never got so much of a beating in their lives. No, no, Holy that was cow. a straight beat down. And it, it, it just like, man... It, that was the bill because he beat down Jeff like just a month or two earlier right. in his first pay-per-view debut. And then this one is like, oh, I'm going to come help my brother, Jeff. We're going to get this guy. And it's like, no. Backstage. So, Brock, here's what we're going to do. Don't worry about what we're going to do. I'm just going to do it and you'll react. You're going <laughs> to have to or you'll die. And the the Hardy Boys are like writing out last will and testaments. You know, they call, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, dude, it's a, okay, Rock. Uh, close like Brock. Close like, no, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Yikes. god! You know what's the funny thing about this is like so. First, you have Brock versus the Hardys, mm-hmm. which Hardys are very you know what what how many championships at this time? A lot. They're actually very decorative um, mm-hmm. tag team. And then one of the next matches, then you have two big guys going against one dude. Which is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Big Show and Ric Flair, mm-hmm. and he didn't he win? Didn't he beat him? Yeah, he beat him. Like yeah, of course he did. So, so like you have Brock Lesnar. It's just so weird that it's a completely opposite. <laughs> like well, that takes us to King of the Ring 2002. Uh, the Undertaker defeats Triple H for the Undisputed uh, Championship, and Brock Lesnar wins the King of the Ring. Hey, um, the only thing I want to talk about here is this is where Austin quits and goes home. Yeah, um, takes so, the ball and goes home. So this, I want to, I just want to talk about this particular aspect of this. Steve Austin a zillion times has told this story, but he yeah. always tells it the same way. I've complained about this, and I just know, and I just want to know that I missed something here. And so, since you seem to watch like shoot interviews and stuff, maybe you know, he always says. They pitched me the creative. I'm going to lose an unannounced King of the Ring qualifier to Brock Lesnar. Something's going to happen. We'll resolve it at a later date. 
He never says what the something is and never says what the conclusion of the angle was ever going to be. He only says, they told me the creative. They told me what the plan was. I said bullshit. They said, do it anyway. I said, I quit. But I've never heard, like they clearly had a plan and the beginning of the plan was the collect underpants part of the plan was Steve Austin loses to Brock Lesnar in the King of the Ring qualifier. We never learned what the we never learned what step two or step three is. He's never talked about it. Do you have any idea? As the crickets chirp in the background. Um, <laughs> Hang on, I got you. Literally no clue whatsoever. Like okay. I, I just I just know the whole I, I know that he was throwing the angle, he didn't like it, and he because he, I he just every time always says we could make money off of those two going against each other. We can make money off of this. It right. shouldn't just be me in a qualifier match. Right. You know, I can announced. Yeah, me and him can draw money. And and even Brock late uh recently on the Pat McAvee show when he did his uh, interview there, said, I 100% understand why Austin. He goes, I didn't take it personally whatsoever. He goes, that makes perfect sense. We could have drawn big money back then with his yeah. name, my name. And he goes, so I get it. So I, I don't hold any grudge against him. He goes, I love Austin. Good dude, man. So he doesn't take it personally. Yeah. So obviously, maybe it was just, you know, a personal decision. Know. I just and again, he's, he's, he's never talked about it. I would love to know what the eventual plan was that, that, that he could well, live with himself. Well, this Thursday, not this Thursday, I guess next Thursday, next Thursday, he is throwing a beer bash at Billy Bob's bar in Dallas where he's going to release his new American lager, Broken Skull uh, beer. I'm trying to get tickets to go to that so I can okay. go meet him. Okay. That is the question I will ask. Please, him. if there's Mark Rattledge from the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network wants to know what <laughs> step two and collect underpants were in your feud with Brock Lesnar. Please pitch to him that way. All right. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Hopefully that's not what I say. But <laughs> they might kick what, me out. What about underpants? Get him out of I here. I think it's like a $100 ticket, man, so they might kick me out. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, there's like nothing going on with this vengeance match. This is BS. Um, yeah. This is The Rock defeats The Undertaker and Kurt Angle on a triple threat. They've all wrestled each other a zillion times by this point. Booker T defeats The Big Show. Um, John Cena's on this show. He defeats Chris Jericho. And that's so, it. Bro I think that's back when he was like prototype still. He wasn't, he yeah. wasn't like thugonomics yet. Um, and then Rob Van Dam defeats Brock Lesnar um, for, by disqualification for the Intercontinental title. I don't remember it, but obviously it, Brock, Brock Lesnar probably like tried to murder Rob Van Dam, and, and they had to stop it before it was too late. Because next month, and you can see it right there in our graphic, it's the center postcard. Uh, it's the center poster. It's The Rock versus Brock Lesnar at the Nassau Coliseum. I was there for this in Uniondale, uh, New York, right next to Hofstra University. Really? I was there for this live. Nice. Yeah. Shit, yeah, buddy. Oh my god, I fucking hated The Rock at this point. I so I I have always loved Brock Lesnar. I've never not loved him, and I so wanted him to murder The Rock that night, and he did. Did he annihilate? And then, oh, it was so I remember, good. I just remember like the um, videos uh, coming up to it, how mm. they like even made The Rock kind of look like the villain from Rocky Four. 
mm-hmm. you know, like where he's like using the computer technology machines to get buff yeah. and stuff. And here's Brock out here carrying the logs and, <laughs> and you know, like, you know, like Rocky Balboa did in the mm-hmm. in uh, Rocky Force. So, like, mentally, I think they really messed with your heads there to try to, you know, get Brock yeah. over a little bit more there. Um, but, yeah, I cannot – before, uh, before this, the only match the whole year that I even gave two shits on a twinkle at were, you know, The Rock versus Hogan. Like, this yeah. was the only other match that really mattered the entire right. year, I think. So literally between, like, Ma- like, March, the end of March. Yeah, March 17th. So between March and August, nothing. <laughs> it's just yeah. nothing. I mean, you got, you got like, the happiness of, you know, oh, there's Hulk Hogan again as the right. red the red and yellow and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like a feel good time in mm-hmm. wrestling where they're just kind of going at it. And here comes this little rumble right, right. after WrestleMania. Yeah. Just 2002, 2003 is literally just the Brock is like, other than so, the draft, it's the Brock Lesnar story. Yeah. 100% um, agree. So, yeah. So Brock kills the rock. Uh, it's a great match. It's a perfectly good match. Um, all we, all we, all anyone wanted was for Brock Lesnar to beat the rock. The other match that anyone cared about on this show, I mean, this was a good SummerSlam. It was perfectly fine. But the only other match that ever stands out is this is the return. This is the third storyline of this entire year is the return of Shawn Michaels. Which is probably the best Shawn Michaels Triple H match, in my opinion. It's up there. It's, man... The, the, those two matches right there, mm. that whole card. Oh my gosh, that was such a great story. Um, I believe the setup to this was like he, Sean had already like come back. Um, I think he was doing the NWO thing there for a little bit with Kevin Nash. Um, they were, I think, there was a bit where him and Triple H are backstage. If I'm remembering this correctly, that's uh, why I wish Pat was here because Pat's always good with the details. But I remember there being a backstage sketch where Sean and Triple H are backstage and he gives him a bag and he looks in the bag and he goes oh my god and he starts to laugh like maniacally and he's like oh this is so great and they come out as dx and that's when triple h turns on him yeah gives him that one and then i'll be good come summer slam <laughs> like, something like yeah. that uh yeah, but this was, was great this was you know he wrestled in like cowboy boots and jeans and they really messed each other up like i remember being there live and people just they we bid on every we we bid on every kick out. We we cheered every hit. Uh, it was a really solid match. Um, really really good unsanctioned match between. Like it felt like there was a lot of emotion there between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So this was good shit. Yeah. Um, Unforgiven, September twenty second, two thousand two, in the Staples Center, the home of WrestleMania twenty one. Uh, this is Brock Lesnar defeating the uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker went to a double disqualification. Uh, Benoit defeats Angle. Triple H defeats Rob oh, Van Dam. Oi. <laughs> um, Rob Van Dam gets a shot at the at the WWF uh, World Heavyweight Championship and loses because, you know, Rob Van Dam. Um, that's about it for that one. You sure the hot lesbian action versus Kiss My Ass? Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the worst things ever. Oh. Oh, I hated that. Every time they that it's even mentioned to this day, I cringe. Cringe. Uh, no Mercy, October 20th, 2002, uh, brings you Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker. Hell in the Cell. This was a good one. The, Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. and The Undertaker beat the shit out of each other. Great match. Um, yeah. Triple H defeats Kane. This has to be the Katie Vick stuff now. 
we yeah, have to make it, is. it actually is. Point. Yeah, this okay. is the time that yeah, this is the uh the Katie Vick time. You're <sighs> correct. And we're not even into the reign of terror yet, you know? <laughs> like we haven't quite hit the reign of terror triple H time yet. I mean, we're yeah, this is the kind of like the, the rumblings of it, but we're not quite full on triple H has to be literally every main eventer in the world out there. We're still, you know, like they gave him the title and he's kind of keeping the, the raw brand up at this point. Cause the other thing that happens is Brock wins the title at SummerSlam, but then he won't leave SmackDown. So that's when Eric, so by this point, Eric Bischoff's the GM of raw and Eric Bischoff just gives him the big, the big yellow belt, the big gold belt. And yeah. so he's, he's the, he's the raw he champion. Brock down to SmackDown champion. Yeah. And, um, Another match that's on this one that is actually, I think, is actually really good and undisputed. Um, this is one of the first women matches that we see that starts building up the women's division from being more of the divas to actually mm -hmm. women wrestlers with Victoria versus Trish Stratus. Uh, this is one of those matches that start moving the women's movement. You know, so mm -hmm. pre women's revolution diva, because I remember seeing the match. Uh, I remember seeing uh, the Trish Stratus Victoria match, and I was like, okay, that wasn't just a good women's match, that was a good match, period. Yeah. And and that's when my eyes started going more towards the women's division. Well, 2002, not just for Brock Lesnar, the return of Shawn Michaels, but also monumental because we get the very first elimination chamber at Survivor Series 2002. Which uh, at Madison Square Garden, which, by the way, if you go into our archive, myself, Jed and Gavin of the Boogie Nights chat, <laughs> we did a alternative commentary for just that match. The very, very first elimination chamber. So nice. Check that out in our archive on W2Mnet.com. Anyway, uh, that's the headline match here. Shawn Michaels wins the, you know, after months and months of his comeback, after his you know feud with Triple H. Uh, he wins the world championship in the very first elimination chamber against Triple H, uh, Chris Jericho, Kane, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam. This was excellent. Like, yeah. and it's so funny because, like, the, I I think I watched the um, undisputed, uh, not the the uh, ruthless aggression documentary series, and they dedicated an episode to the elimination chamber. And like Triple H is talking about, like, yeah, the roof was really low. We didn't know how to work in this thing. Everything hurts. <laughs> everything hurt yes it, and to be honest to this day even though like what they've done over the years mm -hmm. to the elimination chamber match and everything they've added and taken away yeah. and whatever they've done um still i think these guys just brought it like yeah it's very hard to even think of an elimination chamber match off the top of my head right now that that is stuck in my head as much as this one because it's the first one someone got on top of it you know like rob mm -hmm. van dam did his thing off of it like this was a really good match i i to this day am still a big fan of the first i really feel like sean michaels just needs to have his own wing of the hall of fame where he gets dibs for being the first ladder match the first hell in a cell the first elimination chamber match mm -hmm. you know the uh, it's like he always like always does the matches first. They're like, "Hey, we got a new match idea. Well, let's wait till Shawn Michaels gets out of retirement so we can throw him into it." Yeah, Shawn was kind of the test dummy there for a while. If Shawn can work it, anyone can. Right. Um, no, it was good. This was great. You know, the other match on here of note that anyone should care about is Big Show uh, defeats Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, which is going to lead into. 
uh, Brock chasing the title into WrestleMania. Uh, Armageddon, Armageddon out of here. December 15th in Sunrise, Florida at the Office Depot Center. Um, here we have the three stages of Hell match. I vaguely remember this. Between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. We have a street fight, a cage match, and a ladder match. Triple H ends up winning. Uh, Kurt Angle defeats the Big Show for the WWE Championship. And we are on our way to WrestleMania. And this is when uh, Batista finally gets his own pay-per-view match as well, finally. We're finally starting to see the, the beginnings of Batista. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's before he joins Evolution, but... Right. All right, Royal Rumble 2003 uh, sees Brock Lesnar win the Royal Rumble so that he'll have his match with Kurt Angle, and we will have ourselves a good old-fashioned shooter match several years after we should have had Ken Shamrock versus Dan Severn, but Fuck you, WWF, for not giving us what we all wanted. We get Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar nearly kills himself, but we'll get to it. Uh, In the meantime, Kurt Angle defeats Chris Benoit to retain the WWE Championship. And Scott Steiner, oh boy, (laughs) Scott Steiner is here to do math. Hello, you hear me? Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, I've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about Scott Steiner here, and they they had high hopes, but I guess... You know, you you sometimes you wait too long and it's just not worth doing anymore, but you try anyway because maybe magic will happen. I think Scott Steiner was dealing with a lot of injuries. He had a drop foot issue. This yeah. was, you know. He, this it's is, a, I've never heard anything good about his run during this time where he had yeah. like so many. And he put up too much weight. His cardio mm-hmm. wasn't at, at full Yeah, ass. this like this was on paper this should have been gangbusters. But this is also, I, I would say this marks the beginning of the reign of terror. Yeah, this is where they just start feeding Triple H like all these different guys. They start bringing in guys for Triple H to beat. Yeah, this is this is the beginning of evolution. All of that starts here. It's Um, mystery, man. Yep. All right. So that's (laughs) so that's the Royal Rumble. We have one more pay-per-view. No way out. uh, February 23rd in Montreal, Canada. Um, The. Headliners are The Rock defeats Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin defeats Eric Bischoff. This was funny, actually. The Steve Austin Eric Bischoff match was wildly amusing. Yes, because that's the uh, when uh, Austin and him were co-general managers right. of Monday Night Raw, and uh, yeah, and then he kept on getting them drunk. I think it was the yeah, last the, one that he kept they, on they kept on doing shtick. They they, they, yeah. they they brought Austin back just to do shtick. Um, well, he well, he's also about to depart. So I think at this point, like he had come back and he was doing his level best, but his body was like it he does us all. His body was not willing. Um, Triple H defeats Scott Steiner again. Reign of Terror. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit defeat Team Angle, and that's about it for No Way Out. And that takes us to finally WrestleMania 19. I think pound for pound, match for match, wrestler for wrestler probably the best wrestlemania of all time wow in the the 20-year history i should say sorry in the first 20 years above 17 above three above like where are you ranked at here match for match like Uh work think about work yeah think about star power okay think about consistency there's not a bad match on here not an unpopular wrestler, and I it's just other than Brock Lesnar's unfortunate head bump, <laughs> you know, off his bot shooting star press. I don't have any comp- like 
it, it's a stadium. We've got rock stars. Like this feels like up to this point, like the most complete WrestleMania to me, where I don't have a, like a bad thing to say about it. It's got a little TNA, you know, with the the pillow fight, stupid thing yeah, that, that was. I was gonna say, what about the pillow fight? Um, I mean, I mean, like, was anyone looking for was anyone looking for Owen Davy for the pillow fight? No, they were looking yeah, for Yeah, because even ass. even let's be honest, before we before we deep deep dive into this, the worst mm-hmm. match on the entire card, and it wasn't their fault. Maybe they just didn't have the right chemistry, or something just didn't go one hundred percent right. Was Triple H versus Booker T? That was I like, but I don't even think that's a bad match. I no, think I, I think it just it's some of it just is weird, or the crowd didn't mm-hmm. react right, or something was weird about it. But in Booker T's defense, people aren't reacting to it because he's lost every single match in the history of his life. Yeah, since joining his company. Loses this match as well, right? And and so he's opponent. If he would have won, I think it would have been a good match, right? So here's the thing: going into it, like he's treated like a second class citizen. He hasn't won a match since the year of the flood in this company. He's <laughs> like a joke. And yeah. then to the final insult, Triple H is like, you people don't win matches. But I mean you people. I mean you WCW people. Not black yeah. people. Never, never. Not me. I'm Triple H. I'm not racist. Anywho. You um, know what I think? But the, the save... The save well, actually, do your rundown like you normally do. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm gonna keep jumping around if not. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. All right, so this took place in Seattle, Washington at Safeco Field. Uh, it kicks off with uh, Chief Morley and Landstorm, uh, defeating <laughs> and Rob Van Dam. And this is on the pre show. The pay per view proper begins with Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio. And I put, I thought they put on a solid match here. Yeah, um, I rewatched to be 100% honest, uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this until last night. So I mm. literally just watched this. So this is very fresh in my brain. Uh, I forgot how good of a match that actually was. Uh, today's standards, it would be easily like uh, almost like a main event on Monday Night Raw because they went back and forth. You had just Shannon Moore, um, you know, interference here and there. They were mm. trying to do that. But uh Man, even seeing Rey Mysterio in that daredevil outfit he had on <laughs> version one, Matt Hardy. <laughs> the I love I love that version of Matt. Oh, I love Dude, that version of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy with the version one stuff and the Matt facts and everything was hilarious. And a really great example of what the brand split could do for somebody. Yeah. Right? Gave him a little attention. Um, next match was the worst match on the card. And it's not the worst match I've ever seen in 20 years of WrestleMania's. The Undertaker with Nathan Jones, who couldn't work, versus the Big Show and A Train. I mean, they tried, you know. Yeah, this- they, at the last second, they found they just realized Nathan Jones couldn't work. Right. Like they just tried everything. They even tried mm-hmm. giving him like where he just kicks the guys twice, and then Undertaker. <laughs> like they, the, I've heard so many stories about this, and I really think it was pretty much okay. We got to go put on a match, guys. What can we do? And Big Show and A Train and Undertaker at last minute just said, "This, this, and this. Let's get these points, and yeah. then let's let's break. Let's, let's just get this night over with. They'll be they'll be a WrestleMania twenty. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, let's just let's just get through it. Uh, Trish Stratus and Victoria um, and Jazz. This is all three women can work. All three women brought it um, mm-hmm. for this for this time period for you know for. These three women, I thought this was a perfectly serviceable women's match. No problem. Yeah. And again, it, it it was, I really feel like the year of 2002, 2003 was the beginning of all women's wrestling and not yeah. just like 
Divas wrestling, and this was one of those matches that solidified it because, again, Victoria, mm-hmm. Jazz, Trish, you're talking about really three good workers, like in, in the big. Um, team Angle, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin defeat Chris Benoit, Rhino, and Los Guerreros. Uh, this was great. All six of these guys could work. It was dynamic. It was moving. Um, they, they put in a tremendous amount of effort here. This yeah. is your workers. This, this was your workers match of WrestleMania. And all six guys were absolutely fantastic. And even the ending of this match, you know, the nice little twist that they did. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, it looks like they're going to win. They're going to lose. And, you know, the, someone comes in and sneaks in and wins the match. Right. I thought it was really good. I, it made me, I, I forgot about this match. And <laughs> uh, I was glad I got to rewatch that one again. It's nice to see Shelton Benjamin win. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Right. <laughs> hey, he's a good wrestler. He should win matches. This is Correct. this next one is part of the reason why I say I think this is one of the best WrestleManias, if not the best in the 20-year history. Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho. Until Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, this match was like one of the one of the best undercard WrestleMania matches ever. This was phenomenal and has an awesome ending where Jericho's like, I just needed to know, man. He goes to give him a hug and <laughs> kicks him right in the stomach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, this, ball, was, this was just... Uh, I, I rewatched this match for years mm-hmm. um, back and forth. Anytime like someone's like, "What? what's a match that I missed mm-hmm. over the time I haven't watched wrestling since, you know, the Attitude Error. And this is one of them I always bring up because... Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. This was them both at the top of their game, I believe. After a five-year absence, let's not forget that. The the last time we see Shawn Michaels, his back is in a million pieces, and it's WrestleMania 14. This is is five years later. Yeah, and... This to come back out. I mean, the only thing we got wrong is like what he had the soccer man, uh, soccer mom haircut at the time. (laughs) (laughs) He was looking a little AJ Styles ish. Little AJ Styles. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> These guys, they're back and forth, their work, they're the telling of a story in this. I mean, all the way up till even after the bell, mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, you know, the match is over, everything's good, let's hug. Oh, I'm gonna hug you and kick you in the nuts. Yep. <laughs> like, it's like Chris Jericho, you dastardly man, you. This this uh this is the reason I love both of these pro wrestlers. Yeah. Yep, it was it was the thing where like I can go. You can go. We're both workers and athletes. Let's just go. Let's just throw caution to the wind. Don't worry about the WWE style. Don't worry about who, who's before us or who's after us. Let's have the best match on this card. And they they, they did. It was fantastic. Um, all right. So the next one, Triple H versus Booker T. You said it was awkward. It didn't quite work for you. I thought it was okay. I just feel like it was wrestle. It was Triple H sort of dragging Booker T across the finish line um because booker t's like why do i need to put effort into this <laughs> like yeah I, I, I really why am i here I, I i totally agree with that and again i think this this should have been a win for booker t and then you know if you want triple h to have the title just have just beat him the next pay-per-view you know what yeah. you do it all the time i mean heck right. you do it the next night you beat, beat him in the same night <laughs> like yeah, can know. we just have a moment <laughs> yeah Give us the give us the Booker T win because I mean I just the whole time Booker T came from WCW until this point until King Booker, um, I did not think he got a good fair swoop like even the the Stone Cold Steve Austin Booker T rivalry 
that they had there for a little bit. Like, I was just like, man, yeah, that's, I like this. I like that where they're going with this. And then he just gets beat again. So well, it's like, they all seem to have this, like, we're willing to work with Booker T if we can just run a train on him. No, Lou, <laughs> he's willing to sit for that. We, I can work with him. I have to fuck you every single time though. Yeah. No, no lube. lube. I no. You don't get to enjoy it. Straight you just have to sit mountain. for it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's lay back and think <laughs> of England. <laughs> but I'm absolutely willing to do this with you on television. Can you imagine being Booker T in that situation? Like, okay. Yeah, dog. Uh. <laughs> so, so I get a steady paycheck. I get to be on TV all the time. I get to be considered a star, but you're going to fuck my asshole every <laughs> single time. Hey, you know what's great? You know what would be great for your career, Booker T? If we give you the guy with Tourette's as your tag partner. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just a pervy gimmick. <laughs> It'll be oh, fine. Gosh. Uh, yeah. It's amazing the King Booker thing actually happens. And it's as good yeah. as it is. It really is. I, like, I, I really, I love the King Booker Could you thing, imagine because... like you're sitting it, if that was the plan, like you say, listen, for the first couple of years, you're going to be the low man on the, on the prison totem pole. We're going to dress you in, we're going to put you in lipstick and a dress, and we're going to pass you around, and you're going to feel bad about yourself. But at the Is end, it, you're going to be awesome, and people are going to love you. Isn't that they did a Triple H after the curtain call, too? <laughs> See, that's bullshit, and, and I've addressed it many times. The hog pen stuff was pre-curtain call. Everyone should go back and actually look at history. Yeah, I 100% I, I don't, don't believe, I mean... <laughs> it's just because he didn't get to get his King of the Ring win that year. Whoopie That's the worst thing that happened to him. Yeah, the worst. Whatever. All all the shit he talks about in interviews, and I've, I said this on a previous podcast. Like his story about, oh, I got punished after the curtain call is horseshit because yeah. all the stuff he references as punishment happened before the curtain call. Hogpen shit was like 95, 96. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Ultimate Warrior beating him in like seven seconds or whatever, whatever I mean, that, it was. But that, but that was before the curtain call. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the thing that he references. Right. But, like, like I would have beat the Ultimate Warrior. No, you weren't, you son of a bitch. You lied. No, no, because he was the Ultimate Warrior and you were you were some... Yeah, you were Shmageggy the... McGee who they picked up from WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, yeah. Asshole. Terrorizing. Terrorizing. <laughs> Wrestling's gay. Um, so anyway, in the best match of the night, I say that a lot. Hulk Hogan, Mr. McMahon. Look, you either you're in for the ride that this one gives you. You're in, this, there are some like matches that are about the work, and then there are some are about the pomp and circumstance. This was absolutely about the guy who testified against McMahon versus the guy who beat the federal government. It was amazing. That's literally, yeah. This was literally what they they said. This was all about. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, uh, this was. Um, hey, Grandpa thinks he can still fight. Like, <laughs> let's go get it. Let's start. Let's start Grandpa Wars. Yeah, <laughs> and see who, who's the who's what old man can beat what old man up. Fucking bum fight then, on steroids. In the middle of the old man. Facing the other old man, what do out, you do? Out comes one hip McGee. You bring out the other old man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, brother. <laughs> yeah. And and then you make it like he's gonna choose someone else. <laughs> right. Up. I right. I was like, oh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah, man, you're old. <laughs> I I, love, I I have a special place in my heart for this. The, these two guys. I mean, who who knows the business more, you know, and when, when it comes down to putting on a match than Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. And, like, it was like, we're just going to do everything to each other. Just everything. Yeah. 
and I, it's so good. I, I really feel like, and you know, maybe the edge stuff was after this or stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I really feel like this is the end of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you know what I mean, like this is the, and I well, don't mean like. I think after this, he does the Mister America thing, doesn't he? Yeah, which was hilarious. I guess yeah. that was pretty funny. But I mean, like, I just felt like this was like the 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 frosting on the cake. This was mm-hmm. like, you know, if you ended your career here and not do Mr. America, not go do TNA and ruin that whole entire wrestling uh, <laughs> <laughs> program. Not, not tank an entire company. <laughs> Don't tank an entire company. I barely made it. That's still alive. Um if he didn't do any of that, I think this would have been a great end of the story. I mean, this is, I mean, what, just a couple months later, they have, like, the ultimate Hulk Hogan DVD comes out with, like, mm-hmm. the five yeah. disc. I remember getting it and just sitting down and watching it straight mm-hmm. forward. <laughs> Gosh, no wonder nobody liked me. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I, this was, they beat the hell out of it. So many chair shots to the head. Yeah, so many. I mean, this is before well, we all knew about the well, concussions. I was the... going to say this is this is now why Vince McMahon is mumbling to Austin Theory incomprehensibly. Yeah. Make a statement. He's like a Wookiee with laryngitis now. He's just like <laughs> Austin Theory. <laughs> yes, Vince. Oh my gosh. <laughs> A Wookiee with laryngitis. I, I gotta get that as like a tattoo or something. Aren't you glad you came on today? Um, all right. In the co-feature match, this is the Austin's retirement match. This is the last hurrah. The Rock defeats Steve Austin. He finally gets his win over Steve Austin at WrestleMania. The Rock beat him at rest. Uh, sorry, Steve Austin beat The Rock for the first time to regain the title at WrestleMania 15. He beat him by joining forces with Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17. And finally, 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 Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. The Rock beats Steve Austin, and Steve Austin goes to do a podcast about rats. And The Rock leaves and goes to Hollywood. (laughs) Yes. Again, again, because he came back from Hollywood. Because SummerSlam was, he left and he went and filmed Scorpion King, Mm -hmm. right? And that's when he, then he comes back, and this is the reason he came back. And he was the bad guy. Because everybody booed him. Like it was like the first night, I think it was, that he came mm-hmm. back on Raw. And everybody just booed him uncontrollably. Yeah. And he's but like then he, but then he juggles and dances for everybody. And everyone's like, oh, the rock is so funny. So Yeah. And then he's like, No, I'm gonna be the villain now. No, mm-hmm. you guys, and then everybody's like cheering him. He's like, No, 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 you don't get cheering rock. You get, oh, it, you get villain rock. I was gonna say, is this when he did the you know, this is not sing along with the rock? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that yeah. era. That era. All right, and then finally. This is it, man. I told you, I love good shooter matches. I love it when guys who know how to shoot work that stuff into their matches and it makes it look like a real wrestling match and a real struggle. It's a shame. We were talking about this the other what night. Happened? A bunch the of stinger. us. Yeah. Well, everybody, Brock Lesnar has gone on record saying he can hit the shooting star press. He did it a whole bunch of times in OVW. Yeah, he did. He did. There's this, plenty of videos of it. Right. But the OVW rings about the size of my, you know, my desk computer. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not big. Um, <clears throat> so I think the WWE ring is is actually bigger than traditionally most wrestling rings. Uh, like that, uh, it is actually the biggest wrestling mm-hmm. ring in right. all of 
history, actually. So like, looking back, never, I think uh, guys that don't work out in that ring, I think it's why, like part of the reason why they do what they do with NXT. People need to get a chance to work out in that ring and adjust themselves because you're used to doing things one way with X space. Now you're in Y space. You have to add things to it in order, right. to, uh, in order to accommodate. And so I don't think Brock Lesnar could... I think they told him maybe practice a few times. I don't remember if he did or not from the stories Bruce Pritchard told. But whatever happened, he misjudged it. And I was saying, like, re-watching it again, it's not like he lands full on his head. It's like, no. imagine you're landing a plane, right? Yeah. You're landing a plane, and you got to, you know, you're landing, you're landing, you're landing. The wheels are out, and you touch down, and you roll on the tarmac. Now imagine you miss the angle, and you do this instead. Yeah. That's what happened to him. He, um, for those of you listening in traditional audio, he basically rammed his head between the Matt and Kurt Angle's body. Yeah. So he kind of just slides in. It, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, he landed he on the top of his neck. head. He didn't he didn't get any injuries like that. He just gave himself what is known as a stinger. Right. Where he, he was like, he was way out of it for the rest of the match. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> like, imagine you're diving into home plate, but you hit your head first. Yeah. That's and what he did. He still, but the thing is. He still finished the match. He still made it through that match. So and it took him a second to get his uh, wind about him, but he even did the celebration at the end and yep. stuff like that. And, I mean, I think at that point, um, man, they need to, like, keep bottles of water next to the <laughs> stage, or, you know, next to the ring or something, throw some on these guys to wake <laughs> them up a little bit. Like like smelling salts. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> something. Because... You know, if they're going to continue, because you know the show must go on. Yeah, we just, hey, we killed a guy once. We, you know, we didn't stop the show. You're not stopping for yeah, a head injury. He, he would have wanted to happen. Yeah. To go anyway. Yes. Sweep his uh, carcass out of the ring and keep going is what Owen Hart said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I lived in Kansas City for ten years, and mm -hmm. people think that. Uh, the reason they still keep Kimber Kemper Arena around where he passed away. It's mm -hmm. a historic site. And people think he haunts the building that Owen Hart haunts I the arena. I don't doubt it. Yeah, so, I, I would haunt it too. I'd haunt Vince though. Up and up until the unfortunate shooting star press, uh, I love this match. It's one of my favorites. Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar. One of the reasons I was excited to talk about this is because I really love the Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar match. Um, I just like every match Kurt Angle was in throughout the WrestleManias he's been on were pretty stellar. Whether it was like triple threats with Jericho and Benoit, or you know this one with Brock, you know even like the one with Kane, it's like how do you have a bad match with Kurt Angle? And if I remember correctly, didn't they wrestle before WrestleMania? And they that that was the one where Kurt Angle did the because he had the Team America at the mm -hmm. time with yeah. uh, the world's greatest tag team, and then his brother or or lookalike or something like that was mm -hmm. underneath the his his hoodie because he had uh, Brock had to beat the world's greatest tag team to then get the chance to go against Kurt Angle. Mm -hmm. And then when he went to go after Kurt Angle, he rolled him up real quick and the ref's going one, two, but then uh, Brock just like jumps out of the ring in the middle of the count. And it's like, what's going on here? You know, blah, blah, blah. And nobody knows what's going on. And then he gets back in and Kurt Angle does a small, small package real quick to get the three count. And it was like his brother, Kurt's brother was underneath the, uh, the hood or whatever mm. that he was wearing at the time. stuff. So, do you remember that storyline? I, I vaguely remember it. So in a parallel yeah. universe, Brock Lesnar goes on to lead the company for the next 10 years as its champion. 
But in our universe, he gets pissy and quits the company. <laughs> <laughs> and tries to go be a Minnesota Viking. Yes. Oh. Yes, he does. And then he tries to be an MMA fighter, and he tries to wrestle in Japan, and he tries so many things. Anyway, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but so, no, this is the, uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Again, uh, this is going to be like your Rock and Austin. This is going to be like your Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. It's going to be even your Macho Man versus Steamboat. This is like one of the matches that they just get it. Their chemistry mm-hmm. in this match, the reversals, the 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 near falls, because this is a time when near falls weren't really as big as a thing as it was. But as it is now, yeah. But then, but in this match, everything was just golden. Again, like you said, up to the star press, this was just pure gold. This is this is a four point nine 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 match, and it's only point oh oh one of one. It's not because of Brock Lesnar almost killing himself. Agreed. <laughs> the thing I like best about this show is Limp Biscuit, and Limp Biscuit actually. Yes! <laughs> Limp Biscuit has a new album My out. Way! It's called, my way. It's my way, my way. You're the highway. Um, did you have you heard Still Sucks yet? Have you heard the new Limp Biscuit album? Yes, yes, I have. I, I, I listened to all the the Limp Biscuit, even the uh one they released a couple years ago that was just like six oh, songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, as it turns out, we did a review of it. I've actually for us a very popular review that you can find in our archives. And if you want to hear Still Sucks or any of the previous Limp Biscuit albums, check out our 30-day free trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. Yes, sir. Head over to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network for your free 30-day trial, and you can uh, listen to the entire Lip Biscuit catalog for free on us. After your 30-day trial ends, you can cancel it, no fuss, no muss, or you can keep it and pay the monthly fee. It's uh, right up there with Spotify and Apple Music, but it's a much better service. Neil uses it all the time. He endorses it. Amazon Music Unlimited for all your music listening needs. If you uh, want to take that cookie and stick it up your yeah, use Amazon Music Unlimited. All right, and that I, do have a, I have Alexa in every single, like I even have a bar where I have like two Alexas, so I can nice. have like have dueling sounds. Alexas. <laughs> um, they get into a fight with each other. So this is it. I do. We have just concluded our 19 years of WrestleMania. Next month, the week of WrestleMania, uh, week after rather, we will be concluding our look at the 20 year history. That's it. We're done. We're not going past 21. I don't need to examine in thorough detail the John Cena years. So I'm done. We're tapping you know out at 20. You, you know why you don't want to examine the John Cena years? Because I can't see them. You can't see him. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anywho, um, this has been uh, Pat will hopefully be back um, again. He had a work thing. Uh, it's been fun. We started this journey. And we wanted something else to talk about. And we said, hey, let's look at let's look. Let's do deep dives into these WrestleManias. And I've learned a lot. Um, I've had a lot of fun conversations. I was glad that this caught on and you came on. Stuart came on. We had Chris Bailey there for a little bit. And uh, people seem to have enjoyed it. So, And I've enjoyed doing this. So we'll do it one more time. We will look at um, the workers' main event of Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, rather. Both winning right. titles on the same, um, winning the championships, though Eddie was retaining. On the same night, a celebration of the hard work that the that the mid carters over the past five to ten years were doing and toiling through. So uh, I'm and return of the I mean number twenty is the return mm-hmm. of one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Right, it is the return 
of the real Undertaker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitch. We're also on every one of your podcatchers. Please check out our the link is in the the, the the right link now is in our description of this podcast. Uh, check out our Discord for um, you know to interact with us. Also, a lot of my personal uh, social media is on there. My Snapchat, my TikTok. That's all in the description of this podcast. Feel free to hit me up for uh, questions and concerns and complaints. So, with that, uh, hey, you do a podcast where you talk about movies. Some of them don't suck. <laughs> that is correct. Me and another guy named Chris, we review uh, two movies every week, uh, either from streaming services or from the movie theaters called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. You can find us on Facebook at MTDS Podcasts, or you can find us on Instagram at MTDS Podcasts, or follow us on Twitch at MTDS Podcasts as well. That's Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Thank you for joining us here on the Mania of WrestleMania. For Neil Blackwood, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>